Hey everybody, this is Alexander Neb. I'm here with Andrew Dady, and this is episode five of Earth Special Forces Podcast. We are back. I know you guys have been chomping at the bit to get us back. Uh, we had a little bit of a uh, hiatus there. It's been a few weeks. Somebody got bogged down working for the man. Andrew had a big project to do at work, and I was moving into my new house, so we got caught up. Here we are, though, celebrating. We've got the official uh, Cronenberg 1664 uh, direct from France, because, <laughs> you know, us being the uh, gigantic Francophiles that we are, had to uh, imbibe a little bit of the culture. Yeah, the podcast was just blowing up, so we had to buy a whole new house just so we could have a bigger recording studio. You know how it goes. Yeah, but we're still going to record outside because we couldn't really do without our flyover track that we have. I'm yeah. not sure if you caught that one, but yeah, uh, it is there. I'm cool, but I'm, but, I'm, but I'm not so cool that my wife lets me smoke cigars inside. So, Yeah, well, you know what? Honestly, I'm not sure that really is a reflection of you. But in any case, we'll move on. All right, well, anyway. <laughs> trying to get back in the swing of things. Okay, so thing on the top of everyone's... Lips has to be the, the recent terrorist attacks in the last week. We've had two. We've had the one by a white nationalist in New Zealand. He was an Australian man. And the other one was in the Netherlands yesterday in Utrecht um, by uh, an Islamic fascist. It was a you know, classic Muslim terrorist attack. So let's start, with, let's start with the bigger one and the first one. Let's start with New Zealand. This happened a week ago on Friday. Uh, his name, can't remember, Tarrant, something like something that. Something Tarrant. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Um... But his name doesn't matter, and we'll get back to that in a bit. But more or less, yeah, he um, he posted a video. Have you seen the video, by the way? I haven't seen the video. I'm not one of those people who really likes to watch those things. I know we talked about it last time. I think that yeah. it's something that should be out there in the public sphere. I think that if you have the propensity to enjoy those types of things, you should, you should be able to um, do so. I don't think that there should be anybody dissuading you or preventing you from doing it, but... Um, I, I just I, I I think I saw like the first like five or ten seconds. That's the one. Of the, that's one of the, the the media, the one that the media released. Which of course they're like, we watched the video, but we don't think you can handle it as our in, as our you know our viewership that needs to be well informed. Right. So they cut it off right before the shooting. Uh, found one on um on Twitter that uh showed the unedited version, the whole long thing. I saw it. It was pretty fucked up. And actually, it's actually important that this. We'll get into why it's so important that people actually should watch this video because it actually shows you in real time why our reaction to uh, terrorist attacks of any stripe is bad because, so you watch the guy walk in, he immediately starts shooting people. People start, it's a closed box and people yeah. start cowering in corners. Sure. I saw people piled on top of each other and him just spraying them. Right. If they had just, only one person ran towards right. him and he took him out. Yeah. Had five, six men ran towards him, yeah. it would have stopped the terrorist Absolutely. attack. Absolutely. Instead of 50 dead, we better to have five dead heroes well, this is than 50 dead cowards. And I'm not calling people who get killed in terrorist attacks cowards. I'm saying, once it's going down... Yeah, you're in it. You're in it. Yeah. You're, yeah, this is why Flight 93, though, crashed into a field exactly. as opposed to crashing into some soft target Yeah, because target they said, fuck the it. Let's, yeah. you know, they're going to crash this Let's plane roll. either way. Let's at least fucking kill these fuckers. Let's roll. Yeah. And I think that's an important kind of mindset to have is that, you know, this is the time and place that we live and, you know, you're not going to be able to ever get it back. You know, you don't have a second chance at it, so you might as well try to do your best to defend. It's, it's a shame because we didn't have these, um, you know, 50 years ago, people always talk about, you know, we didn't have kids shooting up their high schools. We didn't have... Uh, Islamic terrorist attacks, you know, we, we had the IRA, I guess you can say, like, in, in, during the Troubles in the 80s in, in the UK. But other than that, and again, this terrorism, it was, it was a political-minded uh, ideology. That's why they were killing innocent people as well as politicians. But, um, but yeah, it sucks. This is the world we live in. I mean, like, this generation, you know, is going to be faced with more of these. I don't, I don't see this ending for another 25 years. No, I mean, the advent of social media has definitely, like, spurred more of these types of events because, I mean, these people are seeking notoriety. I mean, I think they've, 
kind of figured out that their voice doesn't really mean anything. You know, everybody wants to be the the pundit, right? They want to toss their voice out into the ether and they want to be heard. Well, people and do it, act out. I just want to say real quick. Yes, people do act out. Anyone who goes around killing innocent people, it's it's a cry for help. Sure. Unfortunately, it's a fucked up one and we can't tolerate it. But um, but yeah, no, yeah, people definitely having having social media allows you to amplify a useless voice. So of course, people, it's it's definitely a pull fact, a push factor for uh, for uh, for whatever for terrorism. Yeah, I mean, it's a lack of purpose too. I mean, you, these types of individuals are not the individuals who think that they're like you know part of a system that's functioning properly. That you know they're being heard in other ways. That they're being. Uh, that they're successful in an economic sense. They're typically like of low means, of low intelligence. I mean, there are obviously. Like, I want to talk about it because little... I mean, like some of the hijackers, for Christ's sake. I mean, these were like doctors and lawyers. I mean, not everybody. It depends on the type of well, ideology. Sure. Yeah, lone of wolf atta- so, so the person who shoots up a school, yeah, ninety nine hundred times, always a loser. Um, he actually tends to be white, and not just because it's a white majority country. It's actually statistically disproportionately like a lonely white male. Granted, there are exceptions like the Asian guys who shot up the high schools back in the nineties. Sure, like, and then uh, the, the Virginia Tech shooter, yeah. and then a couple other. But, guys, but generally, but. they're 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 males, they're losers. They always hate women because they can't get can't get laid. And, sure, uh, and, incels. Uh, no, they always talk about. It. They always say like, you know, these fucking these bitches are gonna fucking know who I am now. You know, this, yeah. for, this for not sure. fucking me. Yeah. Sure, of course. Yeah, I mean, but the point that I was just making right. is that like <clears> it seems to me that you know disproportionately though these are individuals who have coping problems and you know they they. Even in their personal lives, when they're not amplified across social media, like the the entire world sphere, you know, I mean, imagine the criticism that you would have received in middle school, high school, trying to find yourself, you know, if if we had the, if the if the importance was placed on social media status like it is today, and I mean, it's sure. you know, it, I don't think that we're doing kids any favors or or adults any favors by you know, creating this this ecosystem where your your social net worth is your personal net worth yeah i mean but this is so there's so much to, to unpack there i mean one if that is the case i'm not entirely sure that it is i mean granted there's a there's a problem like obviously like contributing factor depression, How about that? yeah that's true depression bulimia terrorist attacks lone wolf mass murderers all this stuff is on the rise and of course it would be it would be intellectually dishonest or at least uh Reckless to say, like, oh, well, social media has nothing to do with this. Of course, it has something to do with it. I mean, for fuck's sake, we recruit people on social media. Sure. But what leads people to be persuaded by bad ideas, I think, is actually, you know, this might be kind of like a hotter take. It's the decline of critical thinking in the around the world, particularly in the West over the last 50 years. I mean, we don't teach critical thinking in school. Sure. We, we, treat, we teach people. We told people a lie. We told people for the last 50 years, go to school, go to higher school. You'll get a job, you'll get a wife, you'll have kids, you'll have a nice yeah. life, you won't get fucked. The American dream. Yeah, but that's bullshit. For I everybody. Mean, you can achieve the American dream, but, but going through that one-size-fits-all world is going to leave 25% of people behind consistently. And then some subset of that 25% of people are probably going to turn to violence. But again, I just want to say there are people that have become doctors and they still get disenchanted with reality because of existentialism and stuff like that. And they decide to, to kill innocent people. Now, of course, they need an ideology. They need a vehicle right. to transport that lostness and that hatred. And sometimes that's Islam. Sometimes that's like, a, what if you become like a, like, oh my God, the, the class of the Oklahoma City bomber. I mean, this right. is like a really interesting version of, of anarchism and like anti-statism. But, um, well, but, the threat of a loss of culture too. I mean, that's the yeah. case, I guess, with this guy in New Zealand. I mean, he basically was saying that Identity like, is there. Yeah, of course. I mean, it, it, it's everything, I guess, if you ask certain people on the left. But the, the the thing that I, I find most troubling about this gentleman here and this particular incident, and it's not 
I don't think there's anything wrong with the pursuit, but I think that the way they go about it or they've gone about it is is a problem. Um, you know, I mean, the immediate move was to try to attach him in any way possible to this rise in, I don't want to say the alt-right, you know, but like critical thinking well, yeah. of, in, you know, independent thinkers that are like, not that I particularly agree with any of her views, but this Candace Owens character, I mean, he was, she was mentioned in the manifesto. Um, there was some information. So Donald Trump, uh, PewDiePie, well, who was, go ahead, sorry. Let's stay left for two minutes just so we can at least say what happened. Right, so he goes, to the, oh, that's he, goes to the, he goes into the mosque. Um, he's got a lot of great, he's got really cool guns and, uh, yeah, they're semi-automatics and he lights the place up, shoots a pile of people cowering in four different corners of four different rooms and he, he just lights them all up and then, and then he goes back and shoots some more. So the death count was very high. It's 50 people dead, another 50 injured. And then he went to a, a second mosque. Yeah. But that video I haven't seen. Um, and then, um, and that was that they caught him and then, you know, uh, he had, he had a 80 page manifest, which you might be able to talk about it in a second because I haven't read the manifest. I'm assuming it's similar to the Andrews Brevik one. All I saw was the highlights was like referencing people like Candace Owens, which is I guess interesting in the sense that she's like she's she's part of like the new conservative movement, also like a black rights av- uh, black rights like in a new way of looking at it. Like she's she's trying to like sure. wake up she's trying to wake up the black community. I think I have a slightly more positive opinion of Candace Owens than you do, only because I do like her videos where she tells people she's like you guys need to wake the fuck up. You've been taken for a ride for you know sixty years by a Democratic Party. They haven't done shit for you. You need to think independently. You know, yeah, I think that here's the problem, right? Is that like the backbone of of, of her message much. is good, but her her the people she aligns herself with are hucksters because she doesn't know anything. Yeah, well, this mm. is okay, mm. fine, mm. that's great, but I mean, it doesn't yeah. really do anybody any favors yeah. because what's going to happen is that you create a these people, yeah, right, without, without intellectual underpinnings, exactly. And so, like, then what do you do? I mean, it falls apart the next the, the next moment that something terrible happens to that group of people that have been blindly following her. I mean, then they're just going to fall right back into the same trap. I mean, these are not the type of people who are doing any critical thinking for themselves. They're just going to look at it. They do a like a mid-level in- level of uh, introspection. They're going to say, okay, hey, you know what? Let's go this direction but, because but, this seems— well, For example, she is associated with Turning Point. And Turning Point's a reasonable organization. You know, it's a conservative it's organization. It's not no, that no, reasonable. No, I'm, I'm saying I'm not—again, the leader—like, who, I can't—who's the name of that white guy, the leader of Turning Point? Charlie Kirk. Charlie Kirk, you know— yeah, I mean, I could tear this guy a new asshole whenever he talks about religion and a couple other topics. He's a he's a grifter. But, I mean, but, 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 but his but his part of the int- I mean, here's the thing too. Like, there's anti-left, there's conservatism, and then there's everything else. There's libertarianism. You could be, you could be an ethno-nationalist. You could be a fucking white supremacist. There's a million things that are anti-left. But um, but as far as like you know, when they do their basic interviews on like with Sam Harris or I guess Charlie Cook with uh, with Dave Rubin stuff like that, that's okay. But yeah, I mean, I've seen some of their college speeches. They're okay. But like, I'm not a Charlie Kirk supporter anymore than a Candace Owens supporter but I do enjoy having these voices being heard because they are offering alternatives to just like straight up leftist oh of course dogma. yeah absolutely I mean and here's the thing I, I'm not even trying to like I don't want to I don't want to cast him as not having anything valuable to add to the conversation it's just that like it, it's become apparent that he's more interested in what <laughs> himself like, always in, in the common vernacular what they're saying now is owning the libs Right. Yeah. This is the thing: is that he's trying to be more of a provocateur than he is actually like some sort well, of a leader know that much for a change either. Well, this, these aren't intellectuals. These are people. These are these are thought. These are quote unquote thought leaders of of certain social movements. Well, this is where the problem lies, though, is because can like, everyone he, be Sam Harris? Though no, I don't, and I don't want everybody to be Sam Harris. We would never get anywhere. But the point yeah. is, is that yeah. like. These are people who, like you said, have been misled for the last fifty to sixty years. They think they're getting something that they're they're or going to find something eventually that will reveal itself, some great truth, and it's not there. And I just want people to be aware that they're 
it's probably not going to be there for them if they if they just fully onboard the entire set of viewpoints from Turning Point. You know, so here's the thing though, like when it comes to like, for example, one of the first things we'd want, granted, it would interfere with the investigation probably, but like, I like it when people go to jails and they interview serial killers because it helps us get a greater understanding of serial killers. Um, I think it's important to interview Islamists and um, and former jihadists because I want to know their stories so I can start to come up with an aggregate of like why these things happen, why people get sucked into these messes. I would love to hear what the New Zealand terrorist, the white nationalist terrorist, has to say. What is it about a black woman from the United States, a black millennial, that he finds so compelling that he would reference her as his biggest influence? You got to read the manifesto then because it's then, all in there. And I mean, the whole the, his whole thing is that like he just fears the loss of white Western culture. I mean, that's it. He, I mean, he he goes but down. That's not the line. something that Candace Owen says. It not not like discreetly, but there is kind of like this undertone where she basically says that American values, right? Exactly, which eh, are built upon what? Well, whatever. I mean, the country is founded. Our country was founded as a biracial nation. Uh, nation. So, like, so you can talk about like this. And, and every party though, every every both both sides of that biracial uh, agreement were represented equally. No, of course not. I okay. mean, the country was founded by by. By, well, first, settled by very intolerant religious fanatics that happen to be from a predominantly white country. You know, if we're talking about, like, Jamestown. But, like, found the country, the United States, was founded by, like, mostly, like, secular, uh, what we considered liberals at the time. Sure. And, uh, you know, they have they believed in things like freedom. They were liberals. Right. You know, in the, in the classic dichotomy. And they believed in liberty. And, yeah, of course, there's fucking, you know, slavery and, like, black people brought, brought against their fucking will. But, but the whole point is, like, this country was founded and over time. Those people had had been very well assimilated that they were forced to assimilate, but they were assimilated, uh, you know, descendants of slaves, you know, we had a civil war, they made the civil rights movement. There was a very, I think there was a much more cohesive culture in 1970 than there is today in 2019. And I don't think Candace Owens is wrong for, for acknowledging that. And she goes like, my values are not black. She, the reason she, she, she's against the black identity as being an identity in and of itself. She goes, I'm an American. Yes. I'm also a woman. And yes, I'm also a millennial and, and things like that, but I am a fucking American. I have American values. I believe in freedom. And she goes like, freedom, capitalism. And when they ask her questions, she doesn't know the answer to. She says, well, I'm not, I don't know enough about that yet. I haven't developed an opinion about that That's yet. That's not also true. She said, no, but she said in her original, like, I remember when I watched her like two years ago. And like, this yeah, was exactly. Like, so when she I don't know. No, if she's she's been co-opted. Now. She's been co-opted. I yeah, mean, sure, I, because she's useful because who doesn't want a beautiful young black yes, woman saying totally. conservative things or right. what could be used as and i'm not saying that there's not value in her message i mean i definitely like was on board with her the same way you were i thought she was a refreshing kind of like perspective on things but then i think it was like uh it was a dave rubin interview where she was supposed to be like hashing things out with uh some other youtuber who happens to be a transgender uh blair white and like I mean, she basically defaulted to her basic instincts and was just like, she started yelling at yeah, this person. I mean, it was yeah. like, I mean, they're just, and he's like sitting in the middle and he's trying to defuse the situation. He's just like, guys, guys. And it, I swear to God, it could have been the outro from a Curb Your Enthusiasm mm -hmm. episode where it, like he just pans to the camera and just, <laughs> you know, and then that's the end of it. But so that's but, when I started to kind of wonder a little bit more about her. I started looking into her yeah. perspectives and where she came from and this and that and the other. And some of the things, you know, in her past, I'm not saying people can't change. I'm not saying that it's not, good to kind of like evolve your viewpoints as you you know become an adult because she's still young and everything yeah. but it well, again let's the thing that did it for me was the climate change thing on joe rogan right she went on joe rogan's podcast and she's kind of she's being very thoughtful and very like very very uh very well spoken when it and then it came to the, a question about climate change because somebody must have sent him something or clued him uh, clued him into something she had said that was probably out of context so then he pressed her on it and he said, you know, what are your thoughts on climate change? And she's like, well, it's a myth. 
it's a okay. myth of the uh, and, and 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 so he goes he goes well what can you show me that's going to you know convince me that it's a myth or whatever let's have a conversation about it and she's like she's like well I don't know about enough of the well, data she doesn't know she, the science she tried to c- c- come up with her like that's the problem too like if people she's obviously think about who she talks to all day so right. yeah she's obviously like heard too much bullshit from people on the right who say things like climate change is a hoax and then now and now and that's fine that plays well in a room full of idiots right but it doesn't or ideologues but then all of a sudden you get someone who disagrees with you she fell apart great this is an opportunity for her to learn more and again this is why people shouldn't hold her up as their de facto thought leader but when it comes to the thing that she rose to power on initially which was like uh talking speaking truth to power with respect to uh identity politics of the black black america she's spot on because that's her strength you know, but like, but yeah, when it comes to other things, she doesn't know. I mean, I would never ask her, what are your thoughts on existentialism? I'm sure she's never read a fucking book. <laughs> I'm sure she doesn't know anything about existentialism. She probably doesn't know what that fucking means. And that's, but here's the thing. Like now everyone's expected to know everything about everything. But of course, you know, there's the classic one like, oh, well, you may be really smart. It's like, I would never ask a quantum physicist what he thought about poetry. You know, now, of course, that, that's not the same thing as argument from authority. I'm not saying he may not know he may not know a good a good poem when he knows one. It's just one. not going to be a, a point like, of conversation. But it's just probably he's probably going to feel like oh, I don't. He's either going to talk out his ass or be like I don't know enough about this topic. What would you like to ask me about? You know. So not everyone is like a jack of all trades. But anyway, look, I understand the part in like the the manifest uh, whatever the manifesto where like he goes like well obviously he references Anders Breivik because these are like very similar style attacks insofar as like a white nationalist fearing like loss of country and culture the great replacement things like that you know lashes out and does and does a terrorist attack so that part makes sense but to me like it's just interesting to hear a white nationalist like reference Candace Owens as a black sure. person I mean as, this isn't identity politics it's just you have to face it's like it's not identity politics if it literally is ironic or like or like something you wouldn't expect like to see to see uh whatever like a white supremacist referencing his greatest inspiration as a black rights activist in America. Yeah, I mean, well, he definitely understood, I think, and this is part of the problem where you're just getting your information from, I don't want to, I hate to use the term mainstream media like it's some fucking boogeyman, but like the idea is that without reading the manifesto, you're. I don't think you get a fair tone what he was trying to accomplish in the manifesto. I mean, he basically indicates that what he's doing is trolling. I mean, he's he's... He's invoking all of these like pop culture pers- uh, personalities. Anybody who is kind of like on the cusp of what's acceptable and not acceptable, he's using them to kind of like spur interest and be able to, you know, connect through six degrees of separation. Well, you said like his, he said things like, "I used a gun, so I would trigger the gun conversation. Yeah. I killed Muslims, so I could trigger the Islam Islamophobia slash yeah. uh, immigration pro- uh, problem." Right, and so I'm not even necessarily like convinced that he had anything against Muslims. I'm not even convinced that he really you know when people hear that out of, con- uh, out of context what they're gonna hear like you trying to like run smokescreen on literally what is clearly a hate crime but is it clearly a hate crime yeah uh, yeah but the point being that like i we're not talking about my motivations yeah, we're talking sure, about sure, his sure. no i agree I, but, i'm just saying like you know, even those like it's i understand what you're getting at which is like you know because literally a guy could commit what is all for all intents and purposes a hate crime literally i'm a white nationalist i'm going to kill Muslims because I'm afraid of the Great Replacement. I don't. These people are a threat to our country and culture. And then literally write a manifesto that says, actually, I don't care about any of these things. I'm literally killing them just to fuck with everybody. Yeah. But people would still say, like, at that point, there's an intellectual point of view. What is the difference at that point? Well, here's the great mm-hmm. thing. The dude's still alive, right? We were yeah. able to take him into, well, they were able to take him into custody. So, I mean, to me, it seems like, you know, maybe we should get his viewpoints out there. This is the biggest problem that we had with uh, Ted Kaczynski. 
And this is why he's in jail in fucking that max security prison in Colorado for the rest of his life. Because when it came time to say, hey, look, the government was like, look, you either denounce everything that you wrote here or... This is a, Ted Kaczynski is the Unabomber. The right? Unabomber, okay, yeah. right. And so his big thing know. was like he was obviously like an anti-industrialist and this and the yeah. other. And so like his his thing though was that he chose prison for the rest of his life without a, like a hearing or anything because the government was like, we're not going to allow you to testify because he knew that if he got up to the stand, he'd be able to explain exactly what his perspective was. And they couldn't was. cut him off. He right. allowed to speak. Exactly. And so like, this is the whole fucking point, man. Like, I mean, this is, we need to be able to hear what we this guy has to say. should be afraid of ideas no matter how heinous and disgusting they are. Right. I mean, for or, fuck's sake, religion's legal. Right. And so this guy <laughs> though is, you know, I mean, he's going to be in custody. I doubt he'll ever see the light of day and I don't think they'll ever let him speak in open court and you'll never see a, a true transcript. It'll be redacted well, for, you know, well, fucking Revic safety speak. reasons. Yeah, but you're talking about a different place. I understand. New Zealand, it took two days for New Zealand to all of a sudden decide that every other law-abiding gun owner in the United, or in the, in the United States, in their country had to turn in their weapons. In the United Two States of Zealand. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, like, you know, it just, it's a whole different fucking... Well, I mean, look, I mean, reactionary politics aren't... Like, here's the whole thing. You got reactionary people that, that fucking kill innocent people, and then, and, then, and then the government takes a reactionary stance and then confiscates all the weapons. Look, so yeah, supposedly they're going to ban... I don't, think, I don't know if what law has been passed yet, but, like, I remember they said, like, we're going to pass... We're going to get rid of semi-autos. What's, what's that going to leave? Yeah, exactly. Just handguns? Muzzle, muzzle loaders, I guess. Well, well handguns, I, I guess, but aren't handguns illegal in that country Hand, to begin Well, with? first of all, handguns are semi-automatic in most cases anyway. Sure, so. of course. You can keep pulling the trigger. Yeah, one one, one pull, one bullet. Yeah, or exactly. one round. But, um, but, like, I'm under the impression that they already don't have automatics and they don't have handguns because handguns are highly associated with crime. They're 96% of all shootings over the handgun, not with an automatic or semi-automatic. Yeah, so, I imagine so if you get rid of this, then what's left? It'll be like bolt-action rifles and, shotguns. and fucking, yeah. Well, not even, it can't even be a pump shotgun. It'd have to be a fucking, a break, uh... Yeah, well, I know they said, like, traditionally, like, gun, gun, like, reg, ugh, gun legislation, it's like, whatever, gun control regulation has often stalled in New Zealand because they have a hunting culture. We have a small population that doesn't have a lot of murder, so they say, why they should we have... They got sweet animals for Why should we have to give up our fucking guns? I mean, like, you know, you know... You know, we uh, we have a hunting culture, all that stuff. But I guess now there's a national outcry. Look, I don't I don't know what the public opinion is on this, but we do know what the politics or politicians are doing. They're saying they're trying to cover their ass, so they can't be held. They don't want so that their opponents can't say that they're trafficking human and human misery, human misery when uh, election comes. Whatever. That's there's that's their fucking country. I mean, and by the way, um, there is something I have to add though. There, the problem is like this guy is in New Zealand, but how long was he living in New Zealand? He was an Australian man, but um. So well, think I think he actually was saying something about how he specifically went to New Zealand and purchased weapons there and trained for like two years, and that's when he decided he was going to kill Muslims because he it thought it was going to bring about the most attention. Well, I was going to say it's because the, th the narrative is about to construct might fall short because so people think New Zealand is this perfect country and certainly does have a lot of things going for it: small population, small country, all the good things you associate with that, like a high per capita, uh, you know, success, things like that. However. For example, New Zealand has the highest rate of drug abuse in the Western world. Isn't that interesting? Hmm. Higher than America. It is interesting. You know they consider is? that part of the Western world. Well, of course, <laughs> yeah, because it, because it is part I'm of the just, Western consensus. I'm Japan, just kidding. I know, but I'm just saying, like Japan is part of the West. But like, anyway, so no, um, this, don't be so literal. But I've been following New Zealand actually five months before this terrorist attack, just because I like this one show where they confiscate drugs at the fucking airport. Nice. And, and then, um, and New Zealand's the show, and yeah, they call meth P over there, and uh, it's the massive thing that why. So many people, men and women in New Zealand, are addicted to uh, methamphetamine. Uh, they just fucking love the shit out of it. Well, have you ever tried it? Mm -hmm. I'm just kidding. <laughs> have, well, well, maybe because there's um my one friend who I can't obviously acknowledge on this podcast. He always told me, you know, Alex, I think you know I've I've tried cocaine a few times in my life, like anyone else. I've been to, well, anyone who's tried cocaine in their lives. 
I've been to a party and um uh but the problem is like you usually get super jittery and kind of jumpy and my friend goes dude all that stuff you've ever tried in your life is fucking cut with meth that's why you get all fucked up mm-hmm. like you know skish because one time i tried with a tester kit in front of me 99 percent pure cocaine and it was a very very different experience it was incredibly ex like like uh it had ecstasy. That, not, it didn't have ecstasy as a drug, but I'm saying like, but you felt very happy. But right. I wasn't jittery. I was just calm and happy. Sure. And like, in the in the in the high lasted so much longer versus lasting 15 minutes. This lasted like the shortest line lasted like 45 minutes. So like, it was really yeah. But that's I think that's more of a purity thing, just in in it yeah. being cocaine and and cut like no, other saying, types well, of cut. Maybe, but I don't think it's cut with meth. I mean, well, I, I don't know. Baby it, baby laxative is cheaper than fucking. No, meth. but it's it's a pretty compelling argument though. Like uh, for for. He says, like, you know, a lot of people think they're getting coke, and what they're really getting is coke and other shit. And usually the, the drug that they cut it with is meth. Sure. And, like, I'm like, fair enough. Go, I don't have a reason to suspect otherwise. But, look, like, like, it, it is what it is. But um, the point is, like, New Zealand, like all countries, has an underbelly. And so there's there's some aspect of people that must be dejected enough that they're doing fucking, if they're addicted to meth. Sure. No one's a meth addict because they're super content with life. Yeah. But anyway, so whatever. That terrorist attack fucking happened. And um, obviously the media ran with it as they should because this is fucking you know at the end of the day it's true yeah yeah 50- but they should be running with it with in a re- with a responsible framework a responsible in mind. framework not constructing narratives but but you can't but I understand why like in the world of for example the I don't know if there's even been there's been a few white nationalist attacks like that have a I'm sure someone's gonna try to come at me right now but oh Alex what are you talking about like the majority of people in America die from like that die under terrorist attacks if you get defined that way die from white nationalist attacks, not from Islamic terrorist attacks, but around the world, for every one white person that's killed by a Muslim terrorist, 50 Muslims are killed by Muslim terrorists every fucking day in the Middle East. Sure. So the, the, the biggest problem with terrorism is still Islamic terrorism. But of course, when you get like a counterexample, it's very useful if you if you want to oppose a certain narrative to say, see, see, look at these fucking people, look at these fucking people. But the thing is, there's no idea. Here's the whole thing. When this guy commits a terrorist attack, and I have to say this, what did his government do? They condemned him. What did what did everyone what did everyone with his so-called related identity do? White men, men, Westerners, all shit. They immediately condemn like we don't support is he, the the prime minister. Everyone comes out like this is not acceptable. The prime minister, of both uh, Australia and um, New Zealand, for example, said like these are contrary to our values. We believe in freedom of religion. We sure. believe in freedom of fucking people. We 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 are we are Western culture. This guy does not have Western values. He fucking uh, ostensibly and he fucking he killed these innocent people. He's a piece of shit. Fuck him. We're gonna hang him from a fucking tree and like. You know, trial by jury. They said, I like the other thing too. They said, like, he won't break our, our institutions. It's true, one person won't. But if 10,000 people did it tomorrow, right. I, I would love to see like institutions survive that. But anyway, yeah, so I, you know, there's no there's no cover for him versus like every time there's an Islamic terrorist attack, then all of a sudden we got people come out and be like, this has nothing to do with his beliefs, has nothing to do with Islam. Uh, you know, and then, the and, then, and then one million people are going to say like he's a martyr, you know, right, right. So shit yeah. like that. The narrative that you don't see on the other side of the fence. So, so that's sad. This guy's a piece of shit. Obviously, here in Earth Special Force, I don't think I think I can speak for both of us when we say like this guy's a fucking monster. Yeah, fuck that piece of shit. And like fuck him. I mean, I, I mean anybody who's willing to to kill <laughs> innocent people for any reason is really not going to be okay by they, any. They need like, to keep a. And it sucks too. You measurable know, we gotta, standard. We, people need to keep a weapon in um in Places a church. Of worship, in a, in a, yeah, sure. place of worship, church, mosque, temple, whatever. Because you are every time you congregate people in the modern world you know you're putting a target on your back whether it's a concert at Las Vegas yeah. a fucking mosque in New Zealand whatever it is like if you're congregating people you're creating a target yeah well yeah and that's the thing is that I mean it's Wolf. not even you shouldn't be afraid of congregating though either I mean like the freedom to assembly is one of the core backbones of you if, know, we lose our, our, if we lose that we, the terrorists win right exactly so the whole the whole idea is that you should never you should just not have soft targets 
I mean, and so it's well, like so it, we need to protect groups, yeah. right? Well, this is why, like, I mean, if you look at uh, you know the way that we reacted here in Florida after uh, the Parkland massacre was, you know, to put more boots on the ground. You know, you've got a lot of retired vets and you've got a lot of uh, law enforcement officers that are working overtime. Yeah, that give are up no freedoms, with, but, but but make everyone more make everyone safer. Yeah, I mean, I, I look safe as you can. It is what it is. I think that's the right response. I don't think that you can limit um, conscious creatures. You know, from doing what it well, is yeah, that they want to do. Yeah, you believe in movement and everything else, or you don't. All right, so let's let's pivot. A week after that, there was a terrorist attack in uh, the the, uh, the Dutch city in the Netherlands of uh, Utrecht, and um, so yeah, I mean, fucking, this one was a, a not as good terrorist at terrorism. Uh, this guy, uh, young young Muslim man, some I think he was in his thirties. He was out of he was he was he was a Turkish national who had been living in the Netherlands and. Yeah, he fucking uh, he he killed a few people, and I don't know how many were injured. And yeah, they caught him, and then now they say there's a note in his car, more or less, saying that he did what he did for terrorism. This wasn't just a a deranged man who right. uh, who want who just snapped. He was targeting people specifically for what they look like because of his personal beliefs. So that's that. I mean, like, yeah, we live in a world of fucking terrorism. How about that? Not very pleasant. Yeah, I mean, it's really sad though because I look. I mean. Just speaking from personal experience here, like I, I would say that I'm fairly knowledgeable about current events. I I definitely keep an ear to the ground. You know, I mean, I'm I constantly have like Google News open, and so if there's any type of breaking news or anything like that, I'm I'm aware. You know, I'll go and I'll try to read as many articles as I can just to get like a fair and balanced picture of what happened. And I got to tell you. I think I might have come across two or three articles about this, uh, this, this, uh, it was Dutch on the BBC. terror. It was on the BBC. That's yeah, that's fine. It. But the point being that it was on the BBC. How many other sources could you point to where there were numerous? Or, yeah, it's probably not on the top of the fucking hour in MSNBC. And I'm not sure that that's the right way to look at it. I mean, is it, is it just the, the, the scale of the loss of human life that causes it to be covered disproportionately? I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. No, I don't know. I mean, I think, well, as soon as you start talking about this terrorist attack, because a lot of people can't keep two things in their head at once, maybe the network's fear they'll stop talking about the other terrorist attack. And yes, there's a loss of life issue, but like I don't believe that's completely a, a, a important because obviously everyone knows like if you kill the right people, whatever that means, power, looks, whatever it is, you know, everyone knows the class, classic like missing white girl syndrome. Like when a sure when a small when a white woman goes missing media goes crazy about it and then versus like you know how many people like are missing every single day in the united states right so there might be something there but i I don't know how cynical i want to go like uh i think this story is still developing so only time will tell but yeah the what is what is front page news technically speaking i mean you want to be more cynical you know in an ideal world uh none of these are top stories because we're all gonna fucking die no i don't mean like just because we're all gonna get old but i mean like if we destroy <laughs> the environment to such a ridiculous extent that it leads to like like we know that ninety percent of species, you know, constantly go extinct every fucking hundred million years, and there's something that always triggers it. What's going to happen this time? Is it going to be a man-made left, uh, man-made destruction? You know, should that be the top story every day? And even if it were the top story, wouldn't people be like, okay, but what about the weather? You know, people still want to know what's going on in the day to day. There are, there look, there are, there are bigger stories and there's smaller stories and there's di- diachronic stories, and then there's like, and then there's chronic stories. And so you have to kind of, if you could run a reasonable news. Thing. You usually have segments like international news, local news, and and 
whatever, ongoing stories, everything like. I mean, but wouldn't you say that these two f- both fit into that, like, okay, international news category? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, they're international terrorist attacks of different ideologies. Um, the problem is, like, people want to spin different narratives on both of those based on based on whatever their interests are in their political ideology. And I'm not sure. I don't fucking have cable. I get my news. From, I get my news from the internet. No, yeah. <laughs> no, no I, I have the BBC app on my phone. And like, even though BBC is a a left leaning organization, like. One thing the BBC is oh, reliable, had, though they've always had the respect to me compared to like Fox News or MSNBC. Is like it's the World Service, you know. They literally report on fucking everything. Sure, BBC, I've, Reuters, those. You know, yeah, I've never seen them like miss a story. So that's that. I don't know. We'll have to, we'll have to fucking see. You know, this brings me to um, you know, something we were talking about before we started recording. And I'm gonna let you talk because I won't shut the fuck up. <laughs> no, should, I... we, should we name? Should we name terrorists and should we show the faces of terrorists? Or any mass murderer, like including like a high school shooter, because like for example, Parkland shooting that wasn't terrorism, that was just mass murder. This is a this is a fucking incel loser who fucking who snaps and decides to kill everybody at his fucking school. Not terrorism, but equally dangerous for for, for insofar as the individual attack. The only thing that makes it less dangerous is that it's not a movement per se, but now there is kind of an incel movement, so there's something there. But anyway, the point is, should we should we name and should we name and show the face of our of our enemies of society? I mean, I think. I think it's important. Um, I think it's important at first. I think that it's a great tool, like we talked about a little bit last time, uh, to discourage, you know, simple-minded thinking about it. Because here's the thing: is that like you read a name on a piece of paper, and you don't necessarily know whether or not that person's black, white, Hispanic, right? Exactly. And so it's good to be able to kind of like either confirm or maybe like adjust your, you know, view. You know, kind of get confront your own perception. Um, but I don't necessarily think it's a great thing to keep hounding the image or name into people's heads because it doesn't do any good. Well, yeah. So on one hand, I agree with you. Like, clearly we have to get rid of the initial biases. We need to know what someone is. Right. You know, but then, and where they're coming from, but, but at the same time, yeah, if you keep showing the image over, like, we don't want to do like 9-11 coverage the day after 9-11 right. for six years where it's literally every single day. Right. Just the image only, of a plane the only description a of The only, the only depiction of Muslims was literally people going, like, that's yeah. not helpful because that's right. going to make people suspicious of their neighbor down the street who just wants to sell groceries. Yeah, or I, be a doctor. <laughs> right, I agree. I agree. And so that I mean, that's kind of where I'm. I'm. I'm at on this issue. I, I don't think I've had enough time to really kind of fully develop it, but I would say that it's important to establish who the person is, like you said, to confront your initial biases. If you want make transparency. Sure, yeah. yeah, and and transparency is important, of course. But you know, at a certain point, when when do you? When have you traversed the valley of just getting the facts out there and then you move into establishing, further establishing whatever the narrative is that you want to push? Well, we got a business model. You know, we don't tell news. We sell news. And like, and people need to see things and people like images. We're apes. We like colors. We like faces. We like that kind of stuff. And so, and yeah, we like confirmation bias too. People want to be confirmed in their points of view. So, you know, the worst part, what I didn't like is like I I go on Facebook and like my liberal friends immediately post like almost like a yes we got one look at this white supremacist killing uh people that aren't absolutely. white absolutely seizing on it yeah and then and then you know liberals pounce so that's not very cuz that shows a deeper problem in society to begin with that people who the fuck is celebrating deaths of innocent And this people is why this honestly that's points. probably if I if I had to kind of verbalize what my perspective is on it I think that's that that pretty much hits the nail on the head I think that I think, yeah. But that's the problem with the reaction, not the showing the image itself. Sure, of course. Well, there you go. I mean, that's not necessarily... I don't... Again, I mean, just like we talked about last time, I don't have a problem with the imagery. I think that violence is is a good deterrent, 
you know, in terms of, you know, assuring individuals that there aren't consequences for their actions, you know, really consider what you're doing, you know, and, um, it's, it's not just like, oh, we killed, you know, a hundred, um, infidels in this other, you know, land or whatever. I mean, we, we need to really kind of consider these people as individuals. You know, they have faces, they have families, they, you know. Let me put it this way. For example, capital punishment. If you're going to have it as a society, regardless of killing the, the risk of killing innocent people and whether or not it's humane or ethical, you know, it needs to be done publicly. I don't like the idea of it being done behind closed doors because I feel like that allows politicians and the public alike to get away with sweeping their, their dirty laundry. Sure. Under the rug. I, I probably just conflated two different fucking phrases, but, but anyway. that's fine. But the point is, like, um, well, one time when I was in the Middle East, my friend Adam got his fucking bike stolen, and then we told the local constable and <laughs> fucking uh, told the local like chief leader actually, and uh, within fucking forty eight hours, the kid and the bike were in front of us at the door of the fucking hotel. I was like, and then Holy they publicly shit. executed him. Why can't we solve crimes like this in America? No. And the guy goes like, you know, this is grand theft. You know. Like, we could chop off his fucking hand for this if that's what you want to do. And, I was, and then my friend Adam's like, no, 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 You know, he's a British guy. He's like, he's like, he's like no, like, uh, I just want him to know he shouldn't do this. Don't do it again. So instead, the guy's, the kid's father got called and he beat the shit out of him. Sure. And that was justice enough for the day. But on the other hand, you know, I'll probably get blasted for this. So one of the things that Western media always sees on with respect to uh, Muslim-majority cultures, particularly Sharia law, I agree, Sharia law is fucking horrible. But... But that doesn't mean every aspect of Sharia law is sure. terrible. For example, I actually do tacitly support cutting the hands off of thieves or at least putting like a mark on their forehead, which is uh, what other cultures do too, because everyone should fucking know what kind of fucking person you are. You know, like a lot of people say, oh, you get into the scarlet letter here. Where, where does it end? Right. But, uh, but, I, and I kind of disagree about let, that let too because you, the let punishment let doesn't necessarily fit the crime in that scenario. No, no, let me tell you why. So, for example, in Saudi Arabia, if you steal a loaf of bread, nothing happens. You don't get your fucking hand cut off. But if you commit grand theft... So stealing something worth more than five hundred fucking dollars. Now, of course, a human hand is worth more than five hundred dollars. But if you do grand theft, and I believe the thing is, um, and if it's like super grand theft, it's one time, and if it's regular grand theft, it's it's, it's three times. Then yeah, you get your fucking hand cut off, and like, and the idea is like, well, one, you're never gonna steal again unless you're gonna steal a buy. Well, now who knows with prosthetics these days? But like, uh, but the point is. Like, it more or less tells everything you need to know. Like, this person is a fucking, is a habitual thief. Now, of course, it must suck if you just, if you're a kleptomaniac and you literally have a yeah, mental right. disorder for stealing. Sure. But I don't believe most thieves are kleptomaniacs. No. I believe that most thieves are fucking, um, are just fucking idiots that steal things because they think they can get away with it. Or, or even worse, they think, look, there's different types of thieves, right? There's the poor person. There's the guy who robs the bank because he can't fucking uh, pay for medication, right? There's, right. There's the guy who robs the bank because he wants an easy payday. There's the there's gypsies who steal because they don't believe in property rights. Us, you know, it, and that's giving them a really like intellectual underpinning. That I don't even think gypsies have because they're fucking savages and they don't deserve any fucking respect. But the point is the idea that um <laughs> no, I've 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 had so many negative encounters with these people in, in the world and they just don't believe. I'm not talking about ethnic Romani. I'm not talking about people right. who happen to be of gypsy blood. I'm talking yeah. about people that are living the gypsy lifestyle. Life, right. Sure, like people that go around. I mean, these videos where people just go around. They just they beat the shit out of old people at ATMs in Spain and they fucking steal their money. Right. This, I get it. And, and the, yeah, so, and then there's um there's like the 15-year-olds who steal for a throw. I stole a bag of chips when I was fucking 15 sure. years old. I didn't think I deserved to be fucking my hand chopped up. Luckily, I didn't get caught either because I was good at it. But fucking, um, you know, there's all these different types of thieves. And yeah, the problem is like um, a one-size-fits-all punishment doesn't doesn't help. But but let's be clear, like, um, especially in a country like Saudi Arabia, you have to understand where they're coming from. It's not just the Quran. 
Everyone has universal basic income in Saudi Arabia. There's no such thing as a poor person in Saudi Arabia in the meaningful American sense of the word. It is impossible to be homeless and hungry in Saudi Arabia. It just is. I mean, it's just it's it's so fucking impossible. So if you're stealing, granted, if you steal food, they'll give you they'll give you a slap on the wrist or ten days in jail. But yeah, if you're stealing fucking TVs and cars, they're gonna chop off your fucking hand. And I'm totally okay with that. I feel like the reason you should be against Sharia law is because of all the other problems that go along with it. You know, guilty till proven Denial innocent. Fucking women mm-hmm. don't have fucking uh, yeah. full agency. They get half the the their their ruling in a court of law. Fucking um. Uh, divorce law is another one. Uh, just like you know, killing infidels, killing apostates—all that shit is obviously horrible because this is theocracy. But there are some aspects of a penal code of all types of penal code. Right. Like there are things I like in the French penal code. There are things I like in the American penal code. There are things I dislike in the American penal code. Right. And they, and so we have to be able to, to source good ideas where we can get them. Yeah. But you yes. don't throw the baby out with the bathwater in well, yeah. search of a wholesale solution. Yeah. So I'm just saying, like, I th- I think it's always kind of funny. As as someone who's lived in, in a Muslim majority country, that the two things that that Western media seizes on, especially like uh, conservative media, is chopping the hands off of fucking thieves and plural marriage. I find these to be actually the only two ideas that came out of the Middle East that I thought were pretty reasonable. If people want to, <laughs> if people want to, if people want to, if you got three women who don't have a lot going on for them, regardless of whatever system they live in, mm-hmm. and they choose, they think it's actually better to only have a husband two days out of the week and yeah. fucking, and be fully supported. Yeah, who is, how, who is the, the state to get involved? Who might have stopped them? Right. I believe yeah. more, and it doesn't have to be Muslim, I believe Mormon, sh- I, anyone should be able to marry whoever they fucking want. Right. If three, if, if a man wants, if, if three men want to marry one woman, I think, granted, that's not, ideal to form a perfect society but i don't think the government has a pressing issue in preventing one percent of the population from living their lifestyle yeah i mean well you know somebody who's like a, an apologist for a government that doesn't allow that would definitely say like oh it's to you know prevent any type of like predatory relationships right but i mean how many of those that's why actually... we need, well that's what consent is for right <laughs> well and that's the thing too is that culturally i mean the, the 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 groups that would practice that type of you know, like pluralist marriage and well, all some that. Some are they, religious, they, but not all of them. The yeah, but like, I'm saying it just generally, though. I mean, they it's not done with like the the the, the idea that they yeah, it's not the woman's sexual subjugate, right? Yeah, sure. So. But like, but there's like um, God, we can go so deep on this. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna I know I'm gonna, you took us down a fucking rabbit I'm gonna, hole. Well, I'm gonna, well, well, you have to. That's okay. Yeah, ideas. we gotta have something to talk about. Well, for so. one, <laughs> well, there's a few. Like, look, three biggest critiques of plural marriage. One is that it predominantly benefits men, supposedly because men, it's usually a man with more than one wife sure. as opposed to a woman with more than one husband. But this is not 100% true all the time. In, uh, in uh, obviously, like in matriarchal societies like in Africa, the opposite is, 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 is common. Um, second one, I would say, one, another critique to that is I would say like, like anyone who's been married to one woman would tell you that it's no fucking treat to have three wives. But, uh, you know, like, yes, you think, you're thinking about all the, all this great sex and helping hands around the house, but you also have three more people to provide for. It's a sure. big responsibility. Yeah, I was going to say, if it's a resource game, then, I mean, it's Jesus a, Christ, you got to acknowledge that it's not necessarily all fucking yeah, it's roses. Not just, it's not one-sided. And then um, another argument, of course, is that disproportionately these tend to be like religious cults, like Mormonism or fundamental Mormonism, so I don't offend my Mormon friends, <laughs> and um, and Islam, something like that. But, but this isn't always true, too. I mean, for example, like the, you can watch these documentaries on like like these Lifetime channels where they show like, you know, oh, I'm a fucking weird fucking hippie. I'm 25 years old, and these are my three. These are my three husbands, or my three, or my three wives, whatever the fuck it is. And uh, and it's because they're just like they're kind of weird and sexual deviants, and they enjoy it. They, sure, they, it makes them happy. Yeah. So, look, there are a lot of things I think are wrong that I don't think should be illegal. I don't think I think it's wrong to marry your sister, but I don't think it should be illegal. Like if if you two are that fucking crazy and you want to fuck, 
Yeah. Well, at least I film guess. it. God yeah. damn, make, yeah. make some money off it. No. <laughs> well, I mean, it, you know, I mean, I think that'll be all well and good too, as long as there's, you know, the state doesn't have a vested interest in, you know, the success of any offspring that you may or may not have. Sure. And then that, but again, that, if that's the only critique against incest, then you can make a proviso for that, which is that all children conceived out of incest will be will be fucking killed in utero or if they're born will be killed extraditionally by the state no i mean like the question is like where do you draw the line again so but anyway look i'm, I'm gonna take i'm sorry i took us on that, that path <laughs> no, it's it just fun it was fun it, it, it just happens um and this would be a good topic for discussion on the facebook page if we hadn't been taken down almost immediately after uh we put it up so that was oh yeah nice. oh actually me, so actually i do have something to say one more thing about this terrorist tag that isn't about plural marriage no um, <laughs> Okay, so I got the video. I went to go post it on Facebook. It immediately got taken down. Facebook said it violates their um oh community the, standards. The community I saw standards. that. But then, but the, but the community standards actually say, and I, and I just have to read this, so I don't, I don't want to like butcher it. Yeah, I don't want to butcher it. Well, it's so stupid. It's hard to remember really dumb things. Um, Legalese. Our lawyers told us to say it this way so that we're not uh, violating any uh, standards that may exist. Okay, here we go. I got it. Okay. I'm going to read it. Your post goes against our community standards and graphic violence. No one else can see your post. We have these standards because graphic violence can make some people feel, feel unsafe on Facebook. Our standards and graphic violence. Our standards and graphic violence are based on people's different sensitivities. Again, holy shit. Um, we allow some graphic content on Facebook to help maintain, to help people raise awareness on, about issues such as human rights abuses or acts of terrorism. We define graphic violence as content as follows shared for sadistic pleasure you can't prove that i did this because i think it's fun to get off on this yeah you, celebrating or suffering or humil humiliation there was none of that within put like lols and even if i did you can't dissect that and that's excessively violent well guess what terrorism in and of itself is excessively fucking violent and uh and I, if it says you're allowed to raise awareness about issues like terrorism but when you post a video of terrorism they say this makes certain people feel insane. it's it's a total it's all double speak, total bullshit. It just gives them the, the, the latitude to take down anything that they don't want oh, you to absolutely. see or that other people don't want other people to see. Right. Of course. I mean, that's how this whole game works. I mean, they basically, they won't sit there and they won't say to you, oh, you know, this this is not something, uh, this is not a viewpoint that we share and so we don't want you putting this on our platform. What they'll say is that, you know, other people might feel uncomfortable and it gives them kind of like the, uh, I guess, the, the intellectual cover to basically... Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Curate content. I mean, this is another topic that we've already touched on. And, um, you know, Facebook was recently exposed for uh, doing just that. I mean, they basically uh, they basically have a – what was the name of the document? I don't remember exactly what it is, but if you Google it, I'm sure you can find it. But their terminology for this type of thing is deboosting. And so what they'll do is, you know, there's an algorithmic marker on certain types of questionable content that uh, hides it from the majority of viewers. And this is something that you see across platforms. It's not just, um, you know, it's not just uh, Facebook that's doing this. I mean, it's all the major ones. I mean, Twitter uh, is just as bad, if not worse. I mean, one of the, the best examples that I can speak to is uh, I was telling Alex about this earlier is that I was listening to Joe Rogan's podcast with Jack Dorsey, the founder of Twitter, and uh, their uh, CLO, their chief legal officer, uh, Vija Gade, I believe is how you pronounce her name. I'm not sure. But in any case, for she, JJ for short. Yeah, that, sure. That's not offensive. So mm -hmm. they'll take that down. Um, <laughs> but in any case, so he, uh, he and she went on, uh, Joe Rogan's podcast and they talked endlessly in circles about how context is important. And the individual that Joe had on to basically, I don't want to say fight the battle for him, but at least to provide some, uh, alternative perspective from somebody who's actually deep into this shit is Tim Poole, who's an independent journalist. He's been covering everything. This guy is like 
for the most part, a pretty hardcore lefty. He uh, he covered Occupy Wall Street and every other fucking thing that's ever happened from a, a fairly independent framework. And his whole point was that, you know, you guys will use this this context standard as cover to take down any content that you don't agree with. I mean, the 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 key. Uh, the, the key argument that he had or one of the, the best examples was um, the whole learn to code thing, which I think we kind of talked about on another p- episode of the podcast mm-hmm. where people were tweeting learn to code at journalists who were losing their jobs. And it was obviously just a kind of uh, a fun jab because, you know, that's what they were saying back to the coal miners uh, when they were losing their jobs because of the, you know, clean energy initiatives and whatnot. It was like, oh, yeah, let's just oh, teach yeah. this 50 year old fucking guy how to code like that's whatever. No big deal. But. What they said is that this was like dogpiling behavior and that in the context Jesus. of it, some like two or three people had made some like other violent like attaches to the learn to code thing. Like, oh, journalists should die and things like that. And so what they did is they used that. Oh, as, one die actor. Got to yeah, shut it down. Exactly. And so they shut the whole fucking thing down. And so, of <laughs> course, I mean, on Facebook, you know, especially as it pertains to a video on terrorism, I'm sure they have users who find that content to be exactly what they want to see and what they want to spread and so it's my whole thing is throw the whole thing out even if it's excessive even if i was doing it just to get my jollies off that is still a legitimate expression because you have freedom of expression and so to me the only safe way to get around all this is to say if you want you can condemn things like oh i think it's disgusting that alex would share this but but you can't fucking disavow my ability to share it in the first place. Like yeah. I have to have, either it's all okay or none of it's okay. I mean, right. South Park said this fucking years ago. It was kind of interesting too because like the 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 uh, like the eventual argument that came up was you know Tim says you know hey look you you guys are you you keep saying like oh you have to look at this in the context of the conversation but the fact remains is that the context of the conversation is still being viewed through your lens. And so whatever your political ideological leanings are, you're still kind of shading it in that direction. And so it may not be objectionable to basically anybody but those that share your particular viewpoint. And he's like, and if you continue down this path where you aren't transparent with your algorithms, with your motives, with your rules about what is or isn't acceptable conduct on the platform, I don't see a path forward where you aren't regulated. And if you want to avoid regulation – it's it's all or nothing. It's all or nothing, and, and I mean that. Unfortunately, that's. This is why there should be terms of service where you agree. Hey, I'm fucking not. I'm not less than thirteen. You know, I have my parental consent to be on this platform or whatever the hell you want to demand that they have, but. You, everything has to go. Everything has to go. You can't. You can't sit there and you can't like kind of pick and choose what is or isn't. You know, because they 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 allow pornography on Twitter. I mean, there's pornographic videos that are shared by by actors, you know, all the um, air quoting on yeah. actors. No, I mean, that's a legitimate profession. But there's pornography, you know, there's there's violence, there's stupid drunk people doing shit, getting into fights, things like that that no, are all you, you boosted. Just don't get it. You just don't get it, Andrew. The fourth estate is, is an estate, and who are they co-opted by? The rich, which is another, the first three estates, and then, and then fucking, um, and then the government. So, so here, here's, here's what we got. Um, if you if I make a Marvel film and I do genocide on it in a really cool, interesting way, and I make billions off it, then it's entertainment. But if I show you literally a video of genocide in Darfur, then oh, it's egregious violence. Right. Well, it's mm-hmm. the same fucking thing as uh, was. It? God damn it! I just lost my example that I was going to use. But it's like the idea that um, oh, uh, fucking pornography is legal, but prostitution isn't. 
right? And so it's like, oh, as long as there's a camera present, you know, and you're doing it, you know, for for uh, money that people can see in broad daylight, you know, then it's okay. But otherwise, it's seedy underworld contract, and you know, we have to protect people from yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, well, this is why hypocrisy doesn't sit well with the type of voters I'm engaged with because because they can see the bullshit for what it is. Oh well, motherfuckers. <laughs> okay, let's move on. Um, you mentioned before we started recording debate about resolution versus laws on hate speech because of some of the anti-Semitic laws they're trying to, sorry, some of the anti-anti-Semitic laws they're trying to pass, um, in America. Yeah. So, um, it wasn't necessarily, I, I, I think we kind of developed that as a talk uh, or a topic that we could get after, but what brought it about was, um, the comments of Ilhan Omar on social media regarding the, uh, dual allegiance that, Jewish Americans have to the state of Israel and Classic. and also the money that is being funneled to politicians through various lobbying organizations such as APAC, which was the specific one that she pointed out. And then when everybody said, oh, you know, hey, this isn't a this wasn't a dog whistle. This is or, or an anti-Semitic comment. This is a criticism of Israel, which is fucking bullshit. Because I mean, really, could sound like you're talking about American Jews. She doubled and tripled down, and it wasn't like, oh, hey, yeah, she's just ignorant. You know, this is the thing: is like, this is either an elected, a duly elected representative of Congress, or it's a fucking child. Pick who it is, because one way or the other, she has to be disciplined. Because, you know, when Steve King was spouting off about his white supremacist bullshit, which I'm not going to try to give intellectual cover for something that was clearly stupid. But we made a joke about it before. I'll do. I'll give my version. That's kind of funny. Um. Well, what's wrong with white nationalists? I mean, I'm white. I'm a nationalist. Therefore, I'm a white nationalist. Oh, nope. You kind of missed the mark there. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and so it was like in some sort of committing he- committee hearing. But Steve King said something to the effect of, you know, like, oh, like, what's wrong with white supremacy? And I I imagine that it sounded a lot better in his head. I don't think he meant to be that overt. But in any case, um, yeah, he was he was fucking censured by the the rest of the the, the body, and uh, he was removed from all his committee assignments. And you know, now that the Democrats have control of the House, I mean, they're they're tut tutting her, and they're trying to say that you know this was not uh, naked anti-Semitism. This was, you know, just uh, her not understanding words and the power that they have. And it's like, well, which is it? I mean, like, is this? It's it's a double standard. You know, it's hypocritical to think that like the other party should be held to account for exactly the words that come out of their mouth and their literal interpretation where, you know, she could have this... And and let's be clear, even on this dual allegiance standard, one, even if that was a thing, let's be clear, everyone has dual allegiances. For example, if I asked you right now, should we go to war with England? You'd be like, no, I I like England. I I think England's like the second most important country after America, Just which, by the way, is not your point of view. That's the view of America. We say ad nauseum, we have a special relationship with the United Kingdom. So, uh, Andrew's getting a beer, don't worry. Anyway, so... Sorry, I had to burp. Anyway, we all have dual allegiances, you know. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's it's only when. So here's but, the thing. Go ahead. Sorry, sorry I, I don't so, want to so fucking say, run over. Now, your of topic. course, people say, "Well, Alex, that's kind of a straw man." What about literally Zionism? Yes, it's true. Do I believe Israel should exist? Yes. Do I think that's important for the world order? Yes. Do I think it's important for Jews? Yes. Am I a Jew? Yes. Do I feel a certain affinity for Jews that I don't feel for Sikhs? Yes. No shit. But but that doesn't trump my idea of citizenship. Right. My biggest loyalty is to you, my fellow citizen. Yeah. Well, mm. th- here's the thing, too, is that this is like, this is an age-old trope, though, what they'll also say, too, is that they have a dual allegiance, and it's because yeah. of, it's it's not like every other fucking person doesn't share this same 
not their same dual allegiance, but the dual allegiance that you were just talking about, right? They are loyal to whatever they feel attached to culturally or or otherwise. And so to suggest that just because the Jews, the Jews Mm -hmm. have money and uh, so much goddamn money. Um, that they, that, you know, that it's okay to talk about them as if, you know, this isn't like a, a decades old or not even decades old, age old, eons old fucking yeah. trope is, is, is bullshit. You know, it's like, oh, the fucking Jews with their shekels are, are controlling, they're pulling the strings behind the, uh, and it's you know, so much more complicated than that too. Yeah. <laughs> no, but but you seriously, it's so, easy being in charge. You no, know, it's no, the sh- crazy thing though too, is that like, you know, they'll say that like, for example, the, the main point that people were making in response to her claim was that. You know, APAC is a lobbying organization, the same as anybody else, and so to American lo- Israeli Political Action Committee or whatever. Yeah, and they'll mm-hmm. so they'll sponsor talks and things like that, and it's like, you know, you can you can absolutely criticize Israel. I think that they're sure. you know like obviously like to well from. look at fucking BB BB just got indicted or whatever. Did for he get indicted? Dealings. They actually they actually they- I'm pretty sure. Well, I I don't know. You know what? Sorry, <laughs> scratch that. Let's back. Yeah, because I don't but know. If case, I know he yet. was getting close to being indicted. They were saying I sure. think the uh, the equivalent and that of the wouldn't do anything General. to me. That wouldn't do anything to me. Right, exactly. I, so he's a way- political leader of, of a dem- democracy. Right. Who gives a fuck? Yeah, there are ways to talk about you know things you don't like about foreign governments in a way that doesn't you know, kind of like harken back to criticisms that are, are unfair and that are just in, invoking like stereotypes. Yeah, sure. I, again, I mean, and as long as the Jews have the history that they do, there, there might always be like this people, people might ultimately feel like they either have to walk on eggshells or show absolute devotion or, or, or somehow play this game, this word game whenever we talk about Jews and Israel and Zionism, all this stuff like that. But like for example, when the when the Republicans tried to do the thing where they um people like oh my god who's the the Cuban senator from Florida, Marco Rubio, Marco Rubio, and he's like you know if you don't if you are anti-Semitic or you participate in the BDS movement uh you know boycott divestment sanctions on Israel then the United States government will not award you contracts that of course is ridiculous yeah, I don't support that sure. at all because because that is literally showing a, a sort of a, a favoritism favoritism right a favoritism that, that we can't tolerate if we want to have uh, 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 an egalitarian society, right? Um, so yeah, I, I'm totally against that kind of stupidity. I understand some of these people might have their 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 hearts in the right place, but it's absolutely ridiculous, anti-American to do freedom to act to curtail freedom of speech like that. So in any case, so basically, what ha- that's kind of the background, and obviously we got a yeah. little off topic or got a little broader, but the uh, the the whole thing was that so. At first, they said, "Okay, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna look at this. We're gonna censure her. Maybe uh, we're gonna at least have like a um, uh, a resolution, a non not a non-binding resolution, but it's a resolution, not a law, uh, condemning uh, anti-Semitism." And then, you know, there was all this pushback from like the super progressive wing of the of the Democratic Party, and they were saying that, you know, this is bullshit. She was just doing exactly what's in her. Um, what's in her heart, and it's totally okay to be uh, anti-Semitic as long as you don't uh, say it, you know, in an obvious way. <laughs> and uh, so, what they decided that they were going to do is they were going to have a resolution that condemned all bigotry. And what's amazing about it is that what spurned what spurred the entire resolution was this overt act of anti-Semitism, right? And Jews made it, I think, seventh, specifically seventh in the list of groups. That needed to be Who protected. Was one? I don't. I don't recall. Was it transgendered Muslims? Dude, I don't. I don't remember. But it was. It's the, just the craziest thing to me that like this. This level of, I don't want to say anti-Semitism across the board, but at least like animosity towards 
Jews have become as mainstream. Yeah, on I the mean, left well, it's, it very, it's already mainstream in many parts of the world, including the Middle East and Europe. But yeah, I mean, there's. But I just a, didn't think it was going to be so quick here. I mean, here's an interesting food for thought. It's so weird. We only have two. Uh, we have these. Well, we have more than two. But the point is, like, we have these two newly elected uh, Muslim representatives, and they're the ones that keep getting hot fire over anti-Semitic comments. Is there is there an association there? Is there a correlation? Yeah, it's crazy. What are we trying to say? It's so, almost as if one of them is like a Palestinian and the other one has been hanging out with fucking assholes from care for yeah. the entirety of her adult life. So so yeah, I mean there's 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 a fucking problem there, but I think they should be able to say it loud, say it proud so that everyone knows exactly who they are. And if people and if, if I ever woke up tomorrow and found, found that like 70% of Americans felt agreed with or even more even less than that, but the point is if a sizable uh, minority of Americans agreed with her and had power and there was like social repercussions because of that people were starting to like every time I would go out in the street like tuck that necklace away you dirty fucking kike yeah I would I would fucking move like yeah. I, you know yeah, because like you know fuck this I'm not gonna waste my time I know where this goes well it's crazy mm-hmm. too because you know what they'll say you know in response is they'll always say things like uh Oh, you know, it's it's well, you know, Jews have been uh, you know, successful and they're higher on the intersectional pyramid, so it doesn't necessarily, you know, they they're not they don't deserve protection in the same way that these other uh, marginalized groups do. Well, that's do. crap, obviously. They, no, but seriously, this is this is kind of where they'll like Well, I understand why excuses. Well, I understand why people that are engaged in identity politics on the left obviously have a complication with Jews because Jews on one hand are arguably one of the biggest if not the biggest like victims of uh of identity politics in the world. But at the same time, they're so successful that people, it fucks up with their, with their victimhood culture because the whole identity politics pyramid, uh, victimhood culture is, is predicated on the idea of being a victim and to be a victim or oppressed, you have to be so, somehow doing less well than, it's the same reason why they struggle with Asians. You know, Asians are minority uh, people, you know, there's some animosity towards Asians that, 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 that you have to acknowledge yet for some reason they do exceptionally fucking well. They're the most successful group in America. And so they're even higher than Jews. Jews are second, Asian Americans are first. Yeah, which is crazy because I think like Jews, what don't they make up like something like two percent of the population? Jews are two percent, Asians are five. But it's like fucking fifty-eight percent of like any all hate crimes and, and yeah, of course, yeah, the number one victims of uh, of religious hate crimes, uh, and all this fuck, all this fun stuff, all the other shit you want to. Yeah. So look, I don't have a problem with people adopting resolutions. You can adopt all the resolutions you want. Resolutions don't mean anything. Actions do. So yeah, if governments want a virtual signal and image craft and say like, you know, we don't we don't tolerate bigotry whatever the fuck that means, then that's their prerogative. But but when you translate into laws, that's where I draw the fucking line because now we're having a... A whole well, different conversation. Well, well now we have a fucking problem. It's compelled you're... speech. It's the same thing as what they're dealing with in Canada and yeah, why, exactly. you know, Jordan Peterson rose, yeah, rose to stardom and all that. I agree. But, you know, it's, it's a terrible thing. Okay. I got a one-liner I just have to say. The dictator of Kazakhstan of 30 years since the, the uh, fall of the Soviet Union... Uh, he he resigned today. I don't know his name, uh, but yeah, he resigned. So after thirty years, and um, he's still gonna have considerable power. He's still the leader of the party and stuff like that. But he, you know, he's getting older, and he, he's he's uh he's taking a step back. So we'll, we'll see. Yeah, you know, people don't understand. Kazakhstan isn't just a really fun word to say where Borat is from. It's <laughs> it's one of the largest countries in the world. Massive fucking uh super important in terms of geopolitics, and they're they're minerally super fucking rich with resources, flush with fucking with uh, minerals and gas and oil and stuff like that. And uh, they're in Russia's pocket. They have a very close working relationship with Russia. So it does matter. It's just like Mongolia. Like, it matters what happens to these countries. And um, we'll see what happens. It's another classic uh, case of, like, post-Soviet makeup. You know, the two-thirds ethnic Kazakhs, one quarter Russian, and then the last remain is, like, you know, the other ethnic ethnicities that live there. So whatever, that's that's happening there. Um, I want to now go to...
the remark you referenced earlier before we started recording about Beto O'Rourke, one of the people running, he's the guy who lost to... Oh, Robert Francis O'Rourke. Oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yes, I keep saying it. You know, it's funny too. First time I heard Beto, I was like, is this guy Hispanic? I mean, maybe. I he's got to be, right? And, but I mean, he's, he's a but he's, city but he's councilman from no, El Paso. He's, he's just Irish who, quote, Hispanic unquote, district? looks Hispanic, but yeah, he grew up, so his nickname is Beto. And, um, and but look, I don't give a shit about his nickname. You can call yourself whatever the fuck you want. You call, him, you call yourself Papadopoulos for all I give a Image crafting. I mean, yeah. it's part of politics, like yeah, you said well, earlier. Well, yeah, they say they always accuse him of Hispandering, like pandering Oh, that's good. I had never heard that, actually. Yeah, that's funny. It's funny. Um, But anyway, Fucking, please tell the audience uh, about this post-birth remark. Oh, okay. So, well, somebody caught him on the campaign trail, and, you know, I mean, it may be possible before we actually say what the remark was that, you know, it was it was not well understood in the moment that he was being kind of, like, uh, assailed by this reporter. Um, you can see he's kind of leaning into her to try to, like, I think, understand what she's trying to say, but... Uh, she, uh, she asked him whether or not he supported, uh, I think she phrased it as, after birth abortion. What the fuck does that even mean? After birth, you're alive. Right. You mean murder? You Interesting. Mean and what his <laughs> response was, it was the typical can ham thing. You know, this is a conversation between, uh, you know, a, a medical professional and the mother. Uh, I, I'm not in a position to comment, being that, you know, I don't have any knowledge of what her specific situation is. And so... This was the first time, and so he kind of, he, you know, he, he towed the line, he made sure he knew exactly how to respond to a comment that could potentially be seen as, you know, uh, off-brand, and, uh, and then I think he was asked again about it, and he, he doubled down on that remark, and so that leads us to the conversation about where all of these Democratic hopefuls stand on the issue of... Well, hopefully we have good debates so we can find out, but I mean, this is ridiculous, I mean... I'm assuming you say he asked, they asked him twice now, so he's doubling down. So my, my initial reaction was he must not have understood the question. He must have thought she said late term late term abortion, which of course are less than one percent of of total abortions, but they do occur. And um, ideally, they would only occur if a woman was dying, like her life was at stake. But yeah, the idea of elective late term abortion, nothing wrong with the fetus, nothing wrong with the mother, but the bitch just decided she no longer wants to be a mother, so she's going to terminate an eighth month pregnancy, even though the the the, the fetus is viable. And of course, the only reasonable answer is no. I don't support that because it's fucking disgusting and ridiculous. It's murder. But he's saying that he supports post-birth abortion. Yeah, again, so like I said, I mean, this could be something that like we're a, a situation where he did not fully understand the question or fully even hear the question because it, it was obviously at a campaign rally and I think a bunch of other people were definitely going crazy about that. But it just, this this kind of, is worth bringing up because, I mean, this seems to be where the majority of the candidates are, uh, you know, on the left that are seeking the nomination and none of which are particularly well aligned with the American populace on this type of issue. I think something like only 18% of Democrats even say that they're okay with third trimester abortions. And that number falls even lower when you break it down by group and you see that women are something like, I think it's 8%, like mothers that have already, uh, given birth um it, it's even lower than that and so somewhere i think the total across the board might have been like 20 percent, but it seems like something like 80 to 85 percent of the left-leaning candidates have already taken staked out a position that they're in favor of at least try uh, third trimester abortions yeah well you know we'll have to see we're still i don't know what is it 16 months out from the primaries so but We'll see if that comment comes back to haunt him. Um, 
he's kind of an interesting character. We can spend a minute fine, on fine. him Let's if you want. Talk about him. Just because it's it's. You know, I, I know a lot of my like really progressive friends and have been going crazy about this because, of course, you know the majority of them are in either like Elizabeth Warren or Bernie's camp. And, sure, uh, and those they make took, sense for respective reasons. Sure, yeah. and they they took a lot of issue with or uh, with um, the fundraising numbers that were announced for Beto twenty four hours after. Um, he made the announcement that he was going to be running for president and then the Vanity Fair piece came out and everything. They said that he raised $6 million in 24 That's hours. That's a lot. And it 1. was... 1.5 million was, I think, like the record. Well, or whatever well Bernie, Bernie raised 6.1 million well, what, and he yeah. released a list of donors showing that they were mostly all like small donations and this, sure. that, and the other. Beto didn't release any type of list or anything like that and the progs are going fucking crazy about it because they're like, That's bullshit. Even some of them are accusing them, uh, accusing him, his campaign, the... Texas Democratic whatever party of uh, using using cover to steer money back to him. Apparently, because he had, at, towards the end of his Senate race, when they still had cash on hand left, he went ahead and he sent that back up to the party to be able to, you know, have this that. This was 20 years ago. He'd be in a strong position because he's young, he's good looking, he's charismatic. Unfortunately. Doesn't know what to do with his hands. Yeah, no, yeah. He throws his hands. Well, he does I mean, hilarious. he's doing like, Pia! Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, he's fucking, look. I, I, you have to understand something. I have to say a couple things, though. This guy lost to Ted Cruz, so he's a fucking chump. Yeah. Um, he fucking does... He gets way too, like, uh, animated with his fucking speeches. He's trying to be the... the I don't even know how to put this. Like, he... A lot of... Some people have heard people phrases like, you know, he, he's trying to channel, like, that Obama style giving a speech. Absolutely. Like, and, and he can't do it. And then... Um, and yeah, I mean, he like, does he, well enough, though. I mean, like for 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 a non-minority, I hear a lot of yelling. Moderate. I hear a lot of like his voice sounds hoarse when he's like giving these like. Yeah, well, because he he seems kind of like he's like, I, he just can't quite get there with it. He doesn't have the confidence, like the the strong like intonation and the 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 pauses that come along with. A lot of people are worried that he's going to split the the youth millennial vote or whatever the fuck that means like because he's young and he is like kind of an interesting candidate but I, I wouldn't vote for him personally I mean I don't I don't find him middle aged moms apparently or like he pulls extremely high with them well I could see that I could see if I was a middle aged mom I'd want to fuck him <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> so uh I was putting it bluntly I mean like everyone who heard everyone with the Nixon Kennedy debates everyone who saw it on TV thought Kennedy won everyone who heard it thought Nixon won yep. so because Kennedy's fucking hot and uh and that's the way it goes um Again, I feel like this field is going to have to boil down to uh, Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders. But then again, if you asked me thirty-six, if you asked me forty-eight months ago what I thought about the field in twenty sixteen, I would have said, "Oh, it's going to have to be Hillary Clinton uh, versus Jeb Bush." So, I mean, like, yeah, I could be wrong, but I don't know. It seems like it has to. Be, there's no way it has to be fucking Bernie Sanders. It has to be either like far left, uh, social democrat. Or it has to be, or it has to be like the moderates, which is like the Joe Biden, Elizabeth Warren, who's like now crazy. Elizabeth, it depends on which Elizabeth Warren is running. Well, is it the 2016 is, Elizabeth Warren or the 2018 well, Elizabeth Warren? Well, here's the problem, though, is that you're right in the, in that regard. Like she definitely now has even moved right of Bernie Sanders. Like she realized that there's not necessarily going to be a home for her there anymore no. because of all the stuff that happened with the Native she American has to, heritage she has to be and with Joe else. Biden. Right, and so she's like. You know, she's sitting there and she's saying like, you know, I think Elizabeth Warren ticket could be strong. She said the other day something to the effect of like, oh, you know, abolishing private insurance is not going to be the way forward. And that capitalism is wonderful. And it's raised so many people out. of. She's like kind of tacking yeah. right. And it's yeah. it's a smart position because there's no way she's going to fucking beat. Because now that old man river. Let's, over there. let's say a couple things. Joe Biden was pulling ahead of both of these people and he wasn't even in the race yet because yeah. I think a lot of people still want like an establishment candidate who isn't a total cunt like Hillary. They're looking for someone who they could sell to the American people. And Biden has some skeletons in his closet, but the point is he is like he has got that Obama shine on him. 
And people are like, you know, this is, this yeah, is Joe absolutely. Biden. Everyone likes Joe Biden. Uncle Joe. Joe, Joe Biden. It's is, Uncle Joe. Oh, Joe Biden is like the grandpa. So if, if Trump, so let me put it this way. If Donald Trump reminds me if my grandpa was president, like just talking <laughs> about his ass and being kind of yeah. saying these ridiculous things, Joe Biden reminds me of like the the nicer the nicer grandpa, the right. grandpa who, who everyone crowds around at the, at the family barbecues because he's he's charming. Yeah, in his he's own charming. Way. He, yeah, he may not know where he is, but yeah. he's, he's he's a delight but to he's, be he's around. Like, he's like, yeah, it's nice to enjoy the view. <laughs> anyway, so so we'll see. I mean, I do think a Biden on top, Elizabeth Warren ticket on bottom would be extremely difficult for Trump to beat. But um, I I don't think so. I don't think that Biden has anything to offer in the way of the substantive policy change. No, that not substantive policy crazy change. Crazy fucking progressives want to pe- see though. But They're not going to support true, somebody but, like that. That's true. But but people that want to get rid of Trump on the right and the left that want neoliberalism back at the forefront, they will take a neoliberal candidate if he's polished. If we if we learned anything from 2016, it's that the Bernie bro, the Bernie Bros aren't backing down. They will not support Hillary. They said it outright. Yeah. Most of those fucking hardcore progressives were like, "We are not going to support this crazy cunt. We are through with her." She is. She is. Imagine she, Bernie and Biden ticket because that'd be like the two oldest guys. It'd be like, who are those guys from the Muppets? Oh yeah, Walled the two guys Walled from the, the yeah. I don't remember their names. Yeah, exactly. I, I would, just, at people I, from would the I would let it happen just because I would love to see the memes. Sure. Oh, I would, honestly, you should probably do that right now. That'd be a great one. But, but uh, well, I don't know, man. I think I think the truth is Trump's biggest weakness is that uh, most people are intimidated by him, whether they acknowledge it or not. He's a powerhouse. He just pummels you, and he just says ridiculous shit over and over again. To a hammer from, in search of a nail. He's a hammer in search of a fucking thing, finger. I mean, like this guy, fucking. Like, he's a moron, and he's an animal, and he'll just keep fucking coming after you, and, like, if you're not tough, he'll talk you down. Sure. You need to be, you need to be like, absolutely resolute. You have to be clean, and if you're not clean, you have to be able to double down and fucking be able to be right. like, oh, yeah? Yeah, I did this fucking thing, but you're a way bigger piece of shit because this, and I take full responsibility for what I said. Will you take full responsibility for what you said? Oh, no, you won't. See, guys, this guy's a fucking fake. And, like, and like, and like <laughs> he's a phony! Yeah. No, so, I mean, the, so... Obviously, the problem with Elizabeth Warren is that while she used to be pretty smart, she's become damaged goods. Now she's pivoting again. We'll see what this new pivot is. But until she accepts responsibility for her shenanigans in 2016, along with the fucking, um, along with this Native American debacle. Yeah, uh, I mean, she, well, that's she, just not where we're at. we're at, though. I mean, like, people are learning. This, unfortunately for the country, is that, like, what they're learning from Trump is that you should never apologize. And so they're all kind of pulling this kind of, this bullshit where, you know, I mean, I... I all I want to see from her is just some sort of, like, mea culpa. That's it. You know what? I put it down. I sincerely believed it. I didn't think that it was going to affect my... If she never released that video, she would have been much easier to release her sure, mea culpa. But now sure. she looks like a moron. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, come on, man. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, I'm all about lying to get a job. I Like, on my first job, my job in the Middle East, they made me a lot of money. They asked me, do you have two years Middle Eastern experience? Said, of course I do. I taught no man. I couldn't even find Oman on a map. No, I knew where it was because I fucking well read. But the point is, I didn't know anything about uh, Oman. And I said I taught there. I said, how Oman. was it? Oh, man. And I was like, oh, man. Oh, Oman. Yeah, that would have been great. Like, where have you, have you, do you have two, two years of Middle Eastern? Oh, man. Uh, and like, oh, Oman. That's what I meant. That's what I meant. That would have been amazing. But no, unfortunately, it wasn't that cool. And uh, yeah, I got the fucking job and yeah, I proved myself worthy. I made lots of money. I mean, Elizabeth Warren had said, you know, because I knew. I knew it was I knew it was wrong, but I wanted to get this job. I wanted to increase my chance of getting it. I've always believed from my family's uh, rhetoric and yeah. uh, it wasn't malicious. Yeah, it wasn't. Malicious. I, I was, was like, dumb. I was young. I listened because like, hey, I was young and dumb. 
I got the job, but anyone can tell you I taught very well there. I had a good, clean record. These are my teacher evaluations. I was right. good. I got the job fucking done. So I do apologize for saying I'm Native American. I do acknowledge now that I'm not Native American, but but this isn't about whether I'm Native American. This is about you, the American people, totally. and our choice. And that would have been fine. I could because I'd be like, okay, cool. She's reasonable, but right. because she's a fucking coward and a liar, I'm not really that sold on her. Yeah, can't and, do it. And so that's that. Um, Sucks. <laughs> But whatever, we'll see where it goes. Least. But yeah, I don't know. Did Biden announce yet? He still hasn't. I mean, I thought so. I'm pretty sure he did now because I know that like there was a spike. So I know you, you're absolutely right. Like he was definitely polling, I think, in second place behind Bernie. At, no, he's like, in first, bro. 22 percent. What I was saying, I think, yeah. I think he was he was right behind Bernie before he announced. And then I think as soon as he like announced, it was like one or two days that he like shot up to something like 30 something percent. Like he definitely took the lead. But then now he's back down below Bernie again. I mean, I could be talking out of my ass, but I'm if pretty get sure. Get rid of all the filth in the field. And just have like um yeah like a, a Bernie Biden Elizabeth Warren battle because all these other people are, are are fucking nobodies and they they don't have a shot and like even if even if they're all weak or they don't have good policies or or they fucking have too many skeletons in their closet well there's it's just trash I mean like you're never gonna be able to lift up Beto I mean he's he's bad news he's it it's dead weak. weight because of his but the fact his the family f- and all that shit like that too I mean like he's he comes from money his father was a like a local judge and everything and he's had like a few convictions thrown out and stuff like that Ooh. because of like having you know yeah, political connect. connections well, it's gonna come up you know he apparently so this is kind of funny though so apparently during his campaign against ted cruz uh it was discovered that he was uh not an admin but a participant in a hacktivist collective called the cult of the dead cow and he went by this name uh was it psychedelic warlord or something <laughs> like that and uh, Reuters discovered this during that, and they like made a deal with him to sit on that until after the campaign was over. And so now that you know, whatever, I'm sure somebody paid them, and so the you know the oppo came out. And uh, yeah, I mean, they were responsible for doing some pretty fucking like heinous shit in terms of uh, to be so young and so cool. Yeah, be. man, exactly. I heard he was in Lulsec. Yeah. <laughs> I already shut down Visa. <laughs> yeah. So, in any case, so yeah, so I mean, he's got some shit there. And then obviously, like the fact that his, you know, his wife is uh, the descendant of some fucking ridiculous political player who, you know, they're, they're worth like billions of dollars. But whatever. That just, it just ain't, he doesn't have the bona fides. It's not going to work. You know, every, everybody's hardcore, either one direction or the other. You either have to be a Trumpist righty or a fucking socialist lefty. You're not getting anywhere well, otherwise. Why- totally advise normal people like while you should participate and be informed in democracy the most important thing is what you do in your personal life because whoever sits in that chair unless they like do something like we declare war on the world tomorrow we have mandatory uh, conscription everyone's joining up like you have options in your life to to better yourself and the candidates aren't going to be the strongest indicator of that like bad policies take years i mean it took even in venezuela it took fucking 15 to 20 years to turn the richest country in Latin America to the poorest. Yep. So, and now granted, Christ has been gone for six years. So let's say it took like 10 to 15 years. But the point is, you're not going to see the results of any legislation immediately. It takes time to take effect. People need to focus on themselves. People need to focus again on, on good money management, not fucking abusing drugs and alcohol, and fucking uh, living responsibly. You know, I think one of the biggest problems in America, again, is like is like bad bad fam- social fabric, especially with respect to individual families. We have so many fatherless families. You know, you got these, you got these scumbag guys that are just coming all over the place. I know, I, I always say like phrases like this because you have to put it so bluntly. People are getting pregnated by fucking losers that have no yep. in- interest of raising their children, and then you have these women who are letting themselves get impregnated by dating these fucking losers, not t- taking the proper precautions yep. such as birth control, and then, 
and then and then you have and you have these fatherless families and all the associated problems with it, like crime and and, and all the things that that go along with that and poverty. But um, nobody wants to take responsibility and, for their actions. And people that got their shit together and say, "Wow, that's not my life. I, I'm doing fine. I haven't I haven't knocked anyone up. I got I'm married with two kids. I'm a very responsible person. What should I be doing? I'm like, well, you should still be buying gold. Yeah. Like, talk to your friends though too. I mean, this is the thing too. Is that I mean, like the the you know, it's a it's a the, the electorate is more than just one person. And yeah, it, it feels really good to be able to like sit there on your horse and say, you know what, I've done well. I've made the right decisions. Everything is fine and dandy with me. I use critical thinking and I'm, I'm looking at this with a very thorough perspective and I want to make sure that I'm doing right by myself, you know, you know, our, uh, our, our generations to come, et cetera. But you also bear some responsibility to try to at least influence those around you and making the right decisions too. Sure. You know, and that doesn't necessarily mean leaning on them in terms of, you know, political ideology or anything like that, but at least having real conversations, make them consider what, what is at stake, what their future, sure. you know, what, and what future they'd like to see. I don't deny the fact that like problems can follow you anywhere. I mean, like, let's be clear. Like, even if I was like some little shithead and I'm like, well, I don't give a shit. I'm loaded. I'm going to go move to fucking uh, Panama if the world turns to shit. Like, Panama, it's, it's not uh, like Panama uh, uh, is impervious uh, 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 to American influence as we know from history. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, there, you, there are some places you can't run away from trouble. And, um, but again, I still have to tell people at the end of the day, like, I, I still think there's a danger in the American society. The fact that like, we've lost so much of what, it, what it means to be a person. We're having so many ex- existential problems over the last 50 years. And the, it's all the goddamn internet's fault. Well, I mean, there's the post-World War II consensus falling apart combined with the post-Soviet War, post-Cold War era uh, uh, consensus falling apart that people are fucking lost in a world of globalization and like internet that they're really fucking confused and um, and, they don't, and they're getting squeezed. Yep. I mean, salaries aren't rising fast enough. Nope. Cost of living is going up. They're getting squeezed and the middle class is disappearing. Half of the middle class is becoming poor and half of the middle class is becoming richer. And so we're losing this total buffer fabric of our society. And I would still tell those people... You need to invest in your future. You need to like it's so much more important to tell your local local government in any city to allow, for example, minimum housing requirements to go down so that you can yeah. have access to cheaper homes. No more and of that fucking NIMBY bullshit. It shouldn't be the fact that any new home that's that's constructed in uh in uh, Palm Beach County has to be a minimum of two thousand square feet automatically prices anyone who doesn't have three hundred thousand yep. dollars out of the fucking housing market. But they this, think they're doing fucking people a favor then by enacting workforce housing, you know, legislation that says that, oh, a certain number of new development uh, units have to be priced affordably for also that. Also stupid because then at least less development. Developers. No, sure, because at least less development. Um, yeah. And I can speak about this perfectly. Um, so me and my wife are looking for a house in Iceland right now. And um, traditionally, they didn't allow new construction for like three decades, which led to a housing shortage which led to prices going outrageous. And then finally, they started building new houses. And guess what? They're building new houses. And yes, they are only for the uber rich. The new houses they're building are fucking nice. I mean, these are like, these are two, two condos in a European capital going for $400,000. However, because of this, the prices that, places that were previously going for, for $350,000, $300,000, they're dropping about $50,000 because that, people are saying, like, well, wait a second. Why should I pay the same amount of money for a place that's 30 years old as I, as I could pay for a place that's brand new and has all these new amenities. And so naturally, yes, it's actually good to build luxury housing. If you get rid of, if you get rid of things like, um, so if you get rid of things that say like, Oh, 20% of all new housing, like in a, an apartment building has to be for the poor. Well, because those things just lead to people building less housing total because like, Oh, there's not enough money. I'm not going to build these developments. But when you get rid of those requirements and they build those developments and they build those developments true for the rich, but that well, that, that brings down the housing price for all the other housing on the market. So that yeah. first year economic thing about supply and demand. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> yeah, you really have to, you, 
The problem is not that we don't have enough fucking low-income housing and luxury apartment buildings. That we don't have enough housing, period. Yeah. Well, you don't have enough fucking politicians that are yeah. uh, at least somewhat versed in economic theory to understand. If that- you don't understand what I'm talking about, please look at California. Please look at San Francisco and LA, and you'll have a really keen understanding of what the fuck happens when you don't allow developers to develop uh, luxury housing. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So that's that. Oh, um, let me ask you a question. I don't know anything about this really because I didn't. I haven't been uh, able to to read much about it. But I saw that there was a uh, no deal on Brexit. Where are we at on that? Do do you have any idea? Have you been keeping and, up? Well, they're ten days out, and um, Angela Merkel came out today, but she's lame duck, and she's saying, um, you know, I'm prepared to fight to the end for an orderly Brexit. You know, whatever the fuck that means is ten days between now and the Brexit. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> like, we'll I'm, figure it out. I'm willing to be the best husband ever for the next ten days. Yeah. No, I mean, so we've talked about Brexit. Yeah, much. yeah, I'm not trying I mean, to like... No, no, of course, but I'm know. just saying like... No, I mean, the, the the UK is definitely fucked in the short run because they haven't been able to... Fi- the, the biggest issue facing the Brexit, for the record, is, is the back is the Irish border, the backstop issue, because if you're leaving the European Union and the Customs Union, then you have to... That means every good... So right now, every good that comes into the United Kingdom through the channel, for example, or through Northern Ireland... Just gets just drives through trolleys. Just drive through a, a trolley. I'm trying to say lorries, which trucks, but like, these these trucks just go through. Even if you had to check every semi, and they said even if you added just five minutes to every semi going through, just to do a per, a perfunctory, not right. actually opening the truck, but just signing a piece of paper right. saying go ahead. The line to get into the United Kingdom would be something like one week long, one Jesus week to ten Christ. days long. So because that's how many goods go into an island. Go sure. figure. So. There's no way around this. I mean, this, this this customs union thing was not thought out very well. So the last thing is like the Irish border, like like with the troubles, like when the when the Irish Republic and Northern Ireland made their peace in the 90s. One of the things that there will not be a hard border between Northern Ireland and fucking um and the Irish Republic. Brexit fucks this all up. Another thing that I should have talked about before Brexit happened. Um, so they said, so there's a couple of ideas. One is that, okay, fine. We'll have a backstop, which says like the backstop more or less refers to, there'll be a border between the entire Island nation of Ireland, which includes Northern Ireland and the Republic of Ireland and the United Kingdom. But, but then that's not going to fucking work because you're not gonna have a checkpoint in the middle of the fucking ocean <laughs> or, fucking, or, um, or at the ports because the ports would already be backed up. Like for reasons I just said, another idea is, okay, fine. We'll put the border back in the hard border between Northern Ireland, which is part of the United Kingdom and Ireland, but that will lead to terrorism in Ireland because the Irish Republic had already said like, this will automatically lead to civil war in Ireland. If you do this, right. And they said, okay, well, here's another idea. We'll put the border. We'll put the customs points 10 miles behind the Irish border, which is kind of weird. So there'll be like this kind of limbo area where there'll be like all this cool black Excellent. market. Works out really well in Korea. <laughs> yeah. We'll have this like, cool, yeah, we'll have like a more or less a demilitarized zone yeah. and like a, that's not going to work either. These are all just bad ideas, um, and that's just like one aspect of the uh, of the Brexit issue. Uh, there's no way they're going to come up with a solution in the next ten days. Um, there doesn't. What I would like to be optimistic and say, oh well, you know, when it gets to the eleventh hour, they'll do what needs to be done. But uh, I I don't think so. Do you think though? You think that they're actually still going to go through with it, or you think they're just going to table the whole thing? If they're smart, the only way out at this point is to say this is David Cameron's stupid ass initiative. We need to uh, just renegotiate a, a better deal within the European Union, which is what was on the table at one point. Yeah, they kept sending. You yeah, know. so we'll do that instead, and or we need to have a second referendum. But the problem with the second referendum is like, what type of referendum do you have? Do you do no Brexit versus uh, Theresa May's no deal Brexit, or is it between, or is it between, is it a three way between a deal Brexit, Theresa May's no deal Brexit, and Brexit, and then you split the vote, and then you end up with like how you ended up with like in a. 
Egypt, where only 20% of people were fucking Islamists, but because that was the plurality of votes, they yeah. fucking, they, they, that's how he won that election. Do you do a two-tiered election where you do Brexit, no Brexit, and then, but then if people choose Brexit, then you choose between Theresa May's Brexit and no deal Brexit. Nobody knows what the fuck to do. Everybody's shutting their fucking pants. And um, yeah, those people are fucked. But you know, people were fucked. But people have to recognize this one thing. It's not like things in England were going well before the fucking Brexit happened. Sure. The Brexit vote happened because people were fucking pissed off. The number one country in Europe with expats. Fucking, and I don't mean people moving to England. I mean, something, what is it? One out of one out of 12 British people do not live in the British, in whatever, the fucking, uh, the United Kingdom. That's how horrible life is in the United Kingdom. Now, of course, that isn't to say that if you walk down the street in the United Kingdom, you're stepping over fucking bodies and people being shot in their fucking face in front of you. It's not a war zone. It's just that it's become so economically and bureaucratically intolerable that so many British people said, fuck this, and they've moved to other countries. And this is very, and so that's why, and the people that didn't have the, says, the people that didn't have the here withal to leave the United Kingdom are the ones that are really fucked because they're, they're getting squeezed. So, of course, they desperately uh, bitched at their fucking representatives and the representatives said, oh, we don't want to take responsibility for this because we're actually so, we're definitely benefiting from the status quo. <laughs> so they said they do like a fucking, uh, a plebiscite to, to have Brexit and, uh, and that fucked everything up. <laughs> God damn it. Can't leave it in the hands of the people. Yeah, so, and the whole point of representative democracy in the first place is because the common people can't be charged with, uh, with governing uh, things like treaties and international politics. <laughs> they should, you know, I don't know. Nobody the whole, has the time or the inclination to fucking study that shit. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, I think the average person doesn't even, know, doesn't even know what a tariff is versus a tax. So, anyway, that's that. So, I don't, I don't know, but it's a good thing to bring up because I didn't actually write down Brexit. I wasn't even thinking about it. Yeah, it just popped in my head because we were talking about all this other fucking, you know, geopolitics stuff. So. I figured days. I'd ask you because I've been kind of out of We'll the know loop. by the next podcast episode what happened. I know. Can't wait. Should be good. Um, let's see. Um, you want to talk about the Andrew Gillum and Stacey election results? Like, no, no. The oh, yeah. We it's kinda, a, it's a quick one, but we can say it. Yeah, yeah. I briefly had mentioned this. Um, it just was kind of interesting to me. Oh, and you know what? I forgot to make that really good point that I had been talking about beforehand with you uh, when we were talking about uh, the the anti-hate resolution and how it was a terrible fucking thing when everybody was like, yeah, black lives matter. And then the other side of the coin was like, yeah, no shit. All lives matter. But then now of course, you know, we're trying to condemn anti-Semitism, but it's like, no, 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 no. All hates bad. All hates bad. It's like, so how do you hold those two things in concert? Yeah. But sorry. Anyway, moving on. We've already moved on. Um, Andrew Gillum and Stacey. Andrew Gillum, Stacey Abrams, both losers. Couldn't win their fucking respective elections, but uh, are still walking around talking about how they won now. And you can Google it, any recent interview that you want to see. They both say they won their election to thunderous applause. Well, they're taking cues and, from uh, I'm old enough to remember when that was a threat to democracy. Yeah, when Donald that, Trump uh, said he wasn't going like, to accept the results of the election. Yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe. Yeah, maybe. yeah, exactly. If I win. Yeah, when it ha- right, exactly. When it happens on, that, on one side of the fence, worst thing ever. World War III, you know, but... Well, the stakes, are, the stakes are obviously a little bit lower, but yeah, of course. Um, this is absolutely ridiculous, and it's not like they won the popular vote like Hillary, so they can't even like do that whole like sleight of hand and say, "Well, I technically won the election in a certain point of view." Yeah, I mean, it's just it's really fucking funny to me that like the that side of the fence though is super interested in breaking down all the all the institutional norms, all, you know, every every facet of the Constitution that's made this country great for as long as it has, you know, as soon as they fucking lose power. I mean, there are I don't know, like earlier today I saw some shit. Somebody was asked about the electoral college and whether or not they think it should be. Uh, well, I was about to say, this is Warren. I want to transfer that. And it's like I, I just don't even understand how you could even entertain that as a, as a rational thought and how people would celebrate that type of behavior. Well, look, look. Here's the thing: there are reasonable discussions to be had about talking about the electoral college and electoral college reform and, uh, and, uh, and uh, okay, abolish election, it. Election yes reform. or no? Well, real quick though, I have to say something. No, but this is no, no. But I want I want to say this though, real quick. Um, 
But that oh, fuck. Well, now I forgot what I was going to fucking say. Mm. Well, goddamn it, Andrew. Fine. Ask me. Abolish it. Abolish it. No. Yes or no? No. I want proportional voting. I want a hybrid system. Okay. We, I want proportional. No, because to Explain. me, okay. So for those of you who don't know, there's only two states I believe in America where like, if uh, if I'm running against Andrew Dady and I get forty percent of the vote, and he gets sixty percent of the vote. Well, guess what? He gets hundred percent of the electoral votes. I think that's stupid. I think he should get sixty percent electoral votes. I should get forty percent electoral votes. I think that will lead to better elections, more representation, and people, uh, politicians taking more active interest in what's called. Uh, non-swing states. Well, it seems, yeah, it seems also a little closer to federalism anyway. Yeah, it's, to me it is. So yeah. I want proportional voting. I do think the Electoral College serves an important purpose, but but the problem is uh, at this point, we don't want to have something like in the last 20 years due to the bifurcation of American society, like we've had two, yeah, we've had two elections where popular vote went one way, Electoral College went the other way. This is not going to lead us down any useful paths in the long run. We need to have, if we had proportional voting, this wouldn't have been an issue. But the problem that I have with it is that it's like, it seems like there's always this kind of like, well, if we just did this, if we just did this, if we just did this. No, it, there's more than one thing, but yeah. But but the idea is that like, I, I, the slippery slope fallacy definitely comes into play here, right? In a real way. Because for me, I don't think that they'd ever be satisfied until they continue to, well, you know, well, win well, every contest that comes about. I don't even know if go that way because like, I do honestly believe that the biggest critique with the electoral college is because you have these splits, but we wouldn't have these splits if we had proportional voting. So I think proportional voting is the only way to go. Like, um, now of course, if you want, if I want to be more radical, I'd say, okay, well now we need to actually have rebalancing as well, which says, you, you know, California actually doesn't have enough electoral votes and that place like Wyoming should have even less or whatever, however you want to spin it. But, but I'm not going down that road. The first step is proportional voting. And then you see how that goes. If that's not enough, then you could say, let's have rebalance the electoral votes. Um, but at a certain point, if you give too many electoral votes to the populated states, then non-populated states have zero voice. Well, this and that's the other thing, too, though, is that, like, reasonably speaking, right, how are we how are we going to even come to a point where we could do a rebalancing or a proportional proportional voting system if we can't guarantee, like, the authenticity of the the electorate, right? I mean, for well, for me, I mean, I I... I don't necessarily have any questions. I don't. I don't think like that. There's like some ridiculous number of people. Wait, 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 real quick, do you support proportional voting? No, you're totally okay with the status quo with respect. I'm to okay with the status quo. I don't think right. that I haven't seen enough. Well, I disagree. I think you're a threat to democracy. No, I'm just interesting. Just I, <laughs> <laughs> I haven't. I haven't seen a good argument for it. I think that. I think that that is a fair point to be made. But I don't think that's well developed enough for me to change like a, a firmly held belief that this system has been working fine for as long as it has. And. All right. Well, no, I think this is this is the, this is the great thing, though, is that like reasonably speaking, if you if you feel that strongly and you feel that your vote isn't being represented, well, move, move. We're, sure, we're, we're we don't want to always say we're in move. an uh, we're in an unbelievably connected age. It's only going to get more. So I think that like the freedom of families, even as well as you're individuals, talking about moving from state to state, not move out of the country. Correct. Okay, but I, oh um, yeah, but, come there, on. but there's but there is still a shortcoming with that response. That's actually one of the problems with having non-proportional voting. And that's because we don't have non-proportional voting. Liberals move to liberal countries and liberal cities. That's not always true. No, no, no. Go on. No, no, Texas is about to turn blue, but go on. No, this, this, this is a fucking thing. The whole point is that um, this people talk about this. Uh, people, people self self segregate. Like people, people all the time. Yes, and self segregation leads to less representative democracy because anyone who's not part of that majority. Is ignored. I mean, this is exactly. I mean, of course, this could lead to like hilarious results, like when Hillary ignores her blue wall and then says, "Like, oh, I don't have to campaign there. Those people are in my fucking hat." Right, right. Exactly. As long as I got a five percent margin, I'm good. And sure. Like, um, and that's crap. Like, if people, we need proportional voting. 
not just to do with the self-segregation effect, but also to, to deal so that pe- politicians will give a shit about states that supposedly they have zero interest in. Because I, making getting 10%, getting 30% of the vote will mean 10 to 30% of the vote. I don't see how votes. that would really make force a politician to do any more than they do Because already. there's so much more to get. The, again, look, look, let me tell you something. If you had proportional voting, like... It, it, most of those states, if you look at the way that you spread your time, though, most of those states that you're talking about that are the flyover states, aside from, you know, obviously, like, Wisconsin, Michigan... Is Michigan a flyover state? Is Ohio a flyover state? Indiana? I mean, well, nine votes ask, here, 13 I guess. votes. <laughs> nine votes here, 20 votes there. It adds up. And getting five or seven out of those votes in each of those states will make a difference to the final number. It, to me, it, to me, it makes perfect sense. I mean, if I get 40% of the votes in that in that fucking state, I deserve 40% of the electoral votes because the electoral votes, it, it's, I don't know, like it's the best hybrid between a, po- a, a, a popular vote and an electoral vote. That's why we have a hybrid system to begin with. But unfortunately, winner, the, here's the real problem. Some states allow proportional voting, like mm-hmm. I think Kansas. Sure. Other states do not. Right. This is... I think it's like 38 that don't, and then there's like a couple. So, so this is... It's not even It's or not even fair like state to state. Like I understand we live in a federal system, but we're talking about a, a, a national election. So it needs to be... To me, it needs to be proportional for people to have their voices heard appropriately. Otherwise, three, votes, that, in, three totally... votes in California equals... Sorry, sorry. Three votes in California equals one vote in fucking... In a, in fucking... A, Give me, give me, a, give me a fucking nobody state. Are we sure that those census figures are accurate as far as representation, though? Right. What's up? Sorry. Are we sure that those census numbers that determine well, that? We'll have, to, we'll have to see about those census numbers again. That's what. Re, but rebalancing is a separate conversation from uh, from uh, proportional voting. They certainly are related. You want up to date numbers, but but to me, it just to me, it just makes perfect sense to have um, proportional voting again. If I was better versed. And electoral law. Well, I, I just, yeah, I mean, okay, so you're right, you're right. Maybe we should, like, table this conversation until we can both get some, because this is obviously a point that I think we're going to disagree on, and so maybe it would be best served to actually spend some time There's nothing wrong with saying I support the status quo. I understand that mentality. I, I, I support but the see, status quo until it, I didn't. paint it as that doesn't necessarily give my argument just, I'm not, justice. I, no, I, the I'm thing is, I don't, I don't necessarily want to have a situation where we're discounting those flyover states, right? I was okay with... I was okay with non-proportional representation until I found that other states had it and the majority of states didn't. Then, with like two two elections where national vote went one way and electoral college went another, I was like, well, this is this seems to be kind of a problem here. And it's not because like, the whole point of electoral college is to prevent you from electing Hitler. But unfortunately, it's a rubber stamp. Everyone fucking does the same thing. Like, whatever whatever state, whatever whoever wins the majority, the, the electorates always fucking do the exact same vote as the people. So if it's become a rubber stamp organization, then we need to change the rules of the game to make the electoral college relevant again. I think actually, this is my point of view is not to make the electoral college weaker, which is what my opponents would say. I'm trying to make it stronger, more responsive, because if every vote fucking matters in the electoral college through proportional voting, then the electoral college actually becomes more important because because these these it depends how you look at it. Some people say, oh, you're making it weaker because you're saying like people like Trump and uh, George Bush can't win an election. Like the way they did, but to me, it actually makes it strong because it means every future candidate will have to pay a lot more attention to those flyover states, and even California. The fact that Republicans have given up on California and New York, and Democrats have given up on fucking like uh, whatever, like 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 other like Republican states. I mean, granted, Texas is going its own thing right now, but the point is, this to me is a result of the Electoral College. You know, so we can change that problem. I wouldn't necessarily say it's the result of the electoral college. I mean, there's a lot of like externalities there. I mean, you obviously 90, have ninety percent of people in California are not fucking liberals, but sixty to seventy percent are, and so people have given up. 
I think those thirty percent of votes matter for the right, and I believe those thirty percent matter for the left in the in the con in the converse. I'd like to see some like. We, we, what we need to do is we need to get somebody to do a simulation, if there isn't already one, of how like the last several uh, uh, presidential elections would have gone if there was a uh, proportional vote uh, accounting goes, system in the. However, it would have gone is the way it would have gone. But what <laughs> matters to me is the future. You know, I'm not. I'm not fighting. I'm just for curious. I mean, I, it seems like an interesting thought experiment, but I'm I'm not on board as of yet. Well, whatever. Fair enough. I, I mean, mean, you you made a. a, a I hope that's some food for thought. Moderately compelling argument. I hope that's food for thought. To me, it's just like, you know, I believe in... If, look, here's the thing. I have my my reservations about representative democracy. You know, I've been to countries that don't have representative democracy that have better results. And and like and also, we live in a world right now where, like, we're battling for control in the world between America and China and Russia to a much lesser extent about what type of society and, and political system people should emulate. You know, and we lose some of that prestige when people lose faith in our system and people are losing faith in our system because of problems associated between the electoral college and the popular vote. And we can get rid of problems that are stoked by interested parties though. It's not necessarily that they have a a legitimate gripe with it. I mean, people that will sit there and they'll say from their mom's basement, Oh, you know, the popular vote should be the way like, yeah, obviously they have a fucking problem because what they didn't win this time. Yeah. And there are people that would say the opposite about the electoral college, but, but to me, the way around all of this is through proportional voting because nothing, nobody can argue about what 40% is. 40% is 40%, 60%, is 60%. You're competing for votes, right? So I just want people to be represented. If we're going to do, do representative democracy, we have to do the best version of representative democracy. You know, it's bad enough that, like, because we, we got our freedom from the British that we, like, took a massive shit on parliamentary system and now we don't have coalitions. <laughs> no, we don't, we don't have coalitions. Fair enough. We don't have coalitions. In this, there's no such thing as a fucking coalition in our Senate. Is, I've never heard of one. What is a coalition in our Senate? Like what? Like when there's World War II and say, okay, well, let's come together and declare war. Or like, oh my God, everybody's starving to death. Let's panic and fucking do uh, the New Deal coalition, whatever the fuck that means. Like, it's just, it's very uncommon for people to reach across the aisle because of one aspect of our political system, which is our legislature. I'm trying to fix, I'm trying to go after our uh, our electoral system in general. I want I want government-funded elections uh, I want the six-week election cycle like in Canada. I like that idea. If it doesn't work, here's the thing. All my ideas are based on, well, this isn't working. Results, yeah. Let's try something else. And sure. if it doesn't work, put a sunset clause in it and change it back in 25 years. But if people are happy, well, then God bless them. And that works out. And so, so, and we can talk about campaign refi- finance reform. We can talk about all these different things. But if we're talking specifically of just about the electoral system, this is what I think would be a more responsible move, having proportional voting. But yes, it will not solve all the problems of the American system. I just think it system. would create more. I think that things have already become so polarized. Like you said, I mean, you have like, you have such a majority in certain states that the the number of electoral votes they already receive. I hear the way my right-wing friends talk about California and New York derisively, as they should because these states have done horrible, stupid things. But I think they would speak a lot more favorably if they were competing for that 30 to 40%. Because they'd be like, well, there's something to be had here. We, there, there, are, there are people we can represent. There are numbers we can use to our advantage for political power. We can win elections. We can, we can do a lot better with proportional What you'd voting. be sacrificing across the board in, in those like flyover states, though, let's just hypothetically say that maybe you have 20% of the individuals that are in these flyover states, like how many how many electoral votes are up for or grabs in those states? Do, should we like look at actual numbers? Well, let's just say they lose a fifth of those right off the board. Do you sure. think? I mean, all right. So you'd have to get twenty percent of the votes. In, That'll be offset in California. You think it would? It, honestly, you think it would offset? 
I yeah, don't because so. because there's a whole aspect. So, for example, people talk, especially people, because he, people talk about liberal California. They're talking about the coast. They're not talking about the inner part or northern California. Northern California, for example, is conservative. I agree. And uh, and uh, eastern California is conservative. But yes, the coast in the south is very liberal. And I hope I got that right. So, um, so yeah, that's um, that's that. I mean, again, it doesn't even even if it was a wash, it would be a better wash because in the future, when things do change invariably, you will still have a more representative democracy. Okay, so California has fifty five votes, right? Correct. Okay. In the nation. Yep. Okay. So Wyoming, South Dakota, Nebraska, Kansas, Oklahoma, Arizona, Missouri, Iowa, North Dakota, Montana, Idaho. Let's throw them all in. That's uh, 10, 13, 16, 19, 22, 27, 33, 40, 50, 56. It took almost exactly every state that I named in order to get to just California. So Which is why we should weaken California's 55. These are what I'm getting at, though. If a Democrat gets 60... Gets I think 50, that if these weren't bastions of certain segments of the population, right, like left versus right, whatever, already, if this hadn't kind of already become this self-segregating monster that we see, I think you have a valid point. I think if this had been selected from the get-go, I think that's a reasonable perspective, but I just don't see how this doesn't create animus in all of these flyover states. Uh, if, it, if that creates animus, we got a bigger problem with our fucking people. People should be happy that their neighbors' views are being represented. And living in a more, if they really believe in democracy. Oh no, no, I don't mean animus amongst the individuals in the in the states that are. But you know, are you being saying split. that like like twenty percent, you know, the eighty percent of Republicans in these flyover red uh, red states are gonna hold are gonna be an, an, uh, hold animus against like the twenty percent of their population that's liberal because they're gonna lose fucking twenty percent of their electoral votes? They should be happy also on the converse that that the people in California are being represented more accurately. Yeah, but it doesn't work that way. People don't necessarily want to. Well, think about the problem. Okay, fine. I got a good counterexample for you. Okay. Why is there a multi-state movement in California? Sometimes three states, sometimes five states. Why is there a movement to split California into multiple states? Because people in California, particularly conservatives, feel like they're not being represented. Okay, that's if fine. Wanna, if you want to prevent further right. splintering, but this of the is union. this is the whole point of federalism. Let the people in California fucking figure it out. Then, so why not I think go making, that route? I think you're making a big fucking mistake because. So right now we have such a crisis that California loses. What is it? Is it two? I, I think it's two or ten thousand people a day. Who leave California because they're not being represented, mm-hmm. and, and these could be liberals even mm-hmm. because even liberals, not every liberal is fucking Bernie Sanders. A lot of liberals are fucking are Joe Biden or Bill fucking Clinton, and they have they like capitalism, they like a, a less restrictive a government when it comes to the economic economics of it, and they just happen to care more about social issues in their own version of it um, than than their right wing counterparts. And so these people are like, oh wow, because 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 there's no actual opposition in the state. Of course, we're kind of switching between like national politics. Sure, and, yeah, and state it's okay. But, but the point fine. is, because I feel like they're not being represented in this case because of gerrymandering, but also like on a national stage because of the the uh, electoral college, they're moving to other states. People from California move to Oregon and Washington. People from Oregon and Washington move to Nevada. People from Nevada move to the fucking Midwest. And then it, 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 this is whole like movement. And guess where everyone eventually ends up? Florida. Um, but uh, this is why we're the fastest growing. But um, yeah, this is the. Uh, but why this, is that problematic? That's the way the system's designed to function. Because we don't need 40 million people of our fellow citizens needlessly suffering from one-sided, one-party politics. And it's, you and say it, suffering as if there's not a choice there. I mean, they, they make well, a choice. Well, the question is, what is a choice? I mean, like, are you free to swim to shore if you're five miles away from it with no life vest? Are you, you know... You're free to make the attempt. I, I, I understand Your resolve that. is what I'm understanding. You there. I'm just saying this is a critique of, like, the libertarian idea that, like, well, if life's tough, just fucking pack up your shit and go. I recognize, I believe that. But that's a privileged point of view. I have, it's easier for me to fuck off than it is for other people. Now, granted, I remember when I left this country when I was super poor to go to Saudi Arabia. But I understand that most people couldn't do it. Most people just can't be like, oh, you know, fuck it. I'll just, 
like for example, how many teachers live in America? Millions. How many of them are fucked? Millions. Can I tell millions of teachers to go to Saudi Arabia to teach? No. I could tell a subset of them. And I could do a, and I could tell another subset to move to another state. But what about people who just can't? I mean, the truth is they, they've laid down roots. They've really invested in this society, but they can't because of structural problems within the system to change the system. Well, we need we I'm not talking about throwing out America and throwing out the Constitution, throwing out the Bill of Rights. I'm talking about electoral I'm not even touching the constitution we're talking about electoral well I am actually with the electoral I was, like, <laughs> what I was saying, no, what I was saying is like, but I'm talking about like, I, was, well, cause I was thinking about like uh, gerrymandering and things like that but the point is gotcha. we're talking about electoral reform here and um, I think reform is definitely necessary and you can pick you can pick if you think look you can say oh I think campaign finance is more important than electoral college reform that's fine you can make that argument but this idea that electoral college is fine as is I disagree I mean, that's just to me that comes across as reactionary just to people who say like we should just do popular popular vote only because that's obviously also very stupid because I don't want to turn the most powerful person in the world into a popularity contest can't argue with that but look it is what it is I mean well it's nice to find after five episodes and we actually disagree about more wholeheartedly than eh. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's also true yeah um all right Let's see. You want to talk about the ant? Are you still? You want to keep going? No, on no, 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 no. Go ahead. Move. Let's. Right. I'm just. Well, our last something. topic that we had written down was um, anti-vaxxers with respect to civil liberties, because it's very easy to talk about anti-vaxxers and morons, which I I believe they are t- to a large extent. I mean, <laughs> everything they promote is total bullshit. Uh, uh, you know, if you if you don't have polio, they say you know if you if you can read this sentence, thank a teacher. Well, if you don't have polio. Thank a fucking doctor. Sure. And like and thank the status for making it illegal not to get a fucking polio shot or whatever the you know, whatever the fuck the thing was at the time. So but yeah, obviously the anti vaxxer movement, which is the anti science movement, um is having problems. I mean, my my employee Juan Jose, um, he got fucking measles. He got fucking measles. God damn it. And he got very fucking deathly ill for two weeks. Yeah, he was for laid sure. up. And like he's lucky he didn't get the worst side effects. I mean I'm not talking just dying. He could have just been way more. He could have ended up with permanent rheumatoid arthritis. Not rheumatoid, but permanent arthritis. All this thing, like just like when you get chikungunya in the Caribbean from this uh, this one disease that came from Africa, like you have lifelong effects of like joint pain. Absolutely, we got we got a we can't be. We have enough problem with ticks that fucking make you allergic to meat and shit. Oh my god, isn't that crazy? (laughs) Like we can't we can't afford to have. Look, I believe in civil liberties. Obviously, I purport to be a libertarian, but I don't know if you have the right. To uh to to not vax because honestly until you can prove to me that vaxes do more harm than good you don't have the right to yeah there well then there's also things like herd immunity and stuff like that that yeah. we benefit from by vaccinating at least a you know a, the large majority of the population and you know there are certain individuals that are immunocompromised that can't get vaccinated those are the people so, that have the right because they would die if right they it's got the, the it's the positive versus negative right argument it's like until you can demonstrate that there's something affected if you know of yours right yeah. uh. Uh, sorry, your right to choose whether or not you can be vaccinated or not does not trump. We the... are the most. We are one of the most visited countries in the world. People from other countries don't have these vaccines, so they could be carriers for these fucking horrible diseases. And we need them to come. I'm not arguing to shut the fucking border. We need them to come and spend their fucking <laughs> careful, money. Yeah, we need them to come and spend their <laughs> goddamn money. Like that was rich. But I don't need them to get fucking sick. You know. So we need people to be fucking vaccinated. But you. But the reason this came up is because Andrew mentioned something about. So. Regardless of how you feel about people not vaccinating their kids, let's pretend you don't get vaccinated. You say, you know, I'm not doing this because I believe in this religion that says I can't get vaccinated. And then the school board or someone else says, like, well, then you lose your right to this public education because you are a threat to the rest of the students. Right. And they uh, basically are restricting this individual from participating in school functions and things like that. And so that kind of paints a picture for 
civil liberties. Yeah, probably like one of the more important, I think, uh, um, arguments that could potentially excel, you know, go all the way up to the, the But the court would court. just say like, well, this kid should have been vaccinated in the first place. And if he chooses not to be vaccinated, then he's choosing not to participate in our society. Yeah, but this is a publicly funded institution. He has a right to attend. I don't know if I even feel that way when it comes to uh, people that aren't aren't vaccinated. Like, like we have a public health. If you can argue, there's no legislation on the books, though. Uh, yeah, but fair enough. Well, but I'm saying you can argue from. Like, let me put it this way: you have freedom of movement until the CDC cordons off your fucking house. You know, this does happen. So, like that being said, yeah, but then you pose an imminent risk. Yeah. Like, oh, so the question is: Do people who are unvaccinated pose an imminent risk? Right. I, I, there's a clear danger, but it's not present. So yeah, so no, the goal is clear and present sure, danger. Fair yeah, yeah, it's clear, but it's not present um, until it is, and then you get fucking sick. So again, my whole view is that nobody should be allowed to go to school um, uh, K through twelve unless they've been vaccinated. So to me, it's a very easy point of view to have. Like what you do in your house, your own thing. But if you're gonna, you're not because civil liberties and libertarianism doesn't mean I have the right to kill you. It means I have the right to be left the fuck alone unless I'm infringing upon your life, liberty, or yeah. property. Keywords there, left alone. Yeah. You know. So, but as soon as I decide to then put myself, I'm not allowed to walk around as libertarian with like fucking anthrax in my hand, like oh, 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 throwing, throwing people's faces. <laughs> no, it's fine as uh, long as it stays in this glass yeah, vial. Yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> so, so that's that. No, uh, to me, it's, it's this is me when my when my look. Everyone's a proto fascist, right? And at a certain point, my authoritarian will come out. And when it comes to issues like this, I come out so strong, so fast. I mean, faster than you can cut off a hand off a thief. I mean, you can fucking you have to. Excuse me. These people are a threat. To the Republic. Done. <laughs> I, did, I did it. I said Jesus it. Christ. <laughs> Took all about fucking two minutes into that conversation. And they, there's only one choice. Purification by fire. Oh, Zerg infestation. There's only one. <laughs> Jesus, that's a throwback. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, but for real. Um, okay. What is your point of view about his civil liberties being violated? Go ahead. I don't know. I don't fucking know where I stand. I brought it up because I wanted to try to work it out on the spot. But again. What do you think? I, all right. Uh, oh, Jesus. Christ. Um. <laughs> my point is that I don't see. My point is that it's not that I don't see without the, the risk. clear without the clear and present danger being present <laughs> without being obvious. Right. I don't see that you could restrict this individual from participating in a public good, a public utility. Right. If you will, as long as they're in good standing. I'm not talking about stopping people from going to the stadium. There's no way to properly screen them. I'm talking about public schools. It's yeah. It's a public school. Is it? Or is this? Is he not a taxpayer? Is he not a citizen in good standing? Yeah. I feel is like he not protected by the Constitution? I feel like there's a hole here, though, because what, even if you're, even as a taxpaying public citizen or whatever the fuck it is, not the five year olds pay taxes, but his parents. But anyway, the point is, I still think there's a, there's a hole. I don't here. think he's five years old, though. I think he's no, yeah, whatever. But, but I yeah. get you. Okay, go on. Well, what I'm saying is, like, even if he's a teenager, like, you you don't have the right to needlessly endanger your fellow your your your, your fellow fucking citizens. I mean, there are going to be immunocompromised people at that school, right? Now, of course, you can make the argument about like, oh, well, you know, you don't seem to adopt this minority point of view, minority protection Gun point rights. of view when you talk Things about like that. when you talk about other groups of people. But like, we're talking about fucking disease here. We're talking about pestilence. We're talking about real shit. I mean, okay, fine. Well, all right. So then, let's go back to what the framers would have thought about this when they didn't know shit about shit. Do you think that they would have had a different stance than what you're holding now? It's hard to tell. I wasn't there. I mean, it's hard to. T- I mean, let me put it this way. That's fine. I, I know you could, you blow through that. So let me give you something better. Um, I think Ben Franklin would have sided with me because he was a science-minded person. I think he would have been like, this is important. I don't think he would have been like, you know, this is a threat to your individual sovereignty. You know, 
to how could they force you to live longer and not kill other people you know inadvertently i don't think he would have adopted that point do you think that the state then has a burden to provide for somebody who is attempting to well they should be free yeah i believe that much I believe I believe a uh, vaccine should be free and provided by the government. No, because- no, no, I'm saying somebody who 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 chooses to abstain from getting vaccinated but still wants to participate in public forum activities. Do you think that the state has a right to well, make already- accommodations for that well, individual? I, I don't think so. They already have they already have rules in the books like you can't enroll in certain schools without certain shots. Like I know that much is true when you when you enroll kids in school. I remember when I got enrolled in school, they they had to see my medical file to make sure I had um Certain shots. Okay. I mean, they have a vested interest. I mean, the state, here's the whole thing. The state can do whatever they want if they can prove. I like it. So just for the record, he pulled his microphone closer to deliver <laughs> the, that the, the state can do whatever they, <laughs> the state can do what they want if they can, like, just like eminent domain, as long as the state can prove that there is a fucking, uh, that they have a, what do they call it? A vested interest, you know. In this, they they could probably get away yeah, with but a lot that's, of it. Oh, time out though. You're you're talking about two different things. Oh yeah, but I'm not talking about the political aspect of it as opposed to uh, well, the legalese aspect. Well, not even not even just that though. I mean, like with an eminent domain case, I mean, obviously, like there is a it's it's demonstrable that this is something that's going to improve uh, improve the lives of all the. And individuals I believe around. having a vaccinated population improves the lives of the lot too. Okay, I mean, this is a, this is all right. And look mm. here, I'm just playing devil's advocate. I, know, I, I, I don't I don't personally believe. <laughs> that you should be able to participate. I don't think that the state has a burden to provide for you. I'm just asking the questions because these are things that I think could well, potentially so show up in an argument. What would be the reasonable accommodation? Let him go without vaccinations? I don't no, think, absolutely not. I mean, like, I'm thinking like a fucking sweet-ass bubble. Put him in a bubble? Yeah. A bubble? No, <laughs> totally. Right. And I would say, fuck you. I pay tax. I'm not paying tax for no goddamn bubble. Yeah, I agree with you. But this is what I'm saying is that where's the where's the middle ground then? Right, because I, I don't mean, know about the middle ground, but the line is obviously like, for example, let's pretend I have a kid who's immunocompromised and he's so immunocompromised. Keep him home. Like yeah, obviously the, to me the goal is, is is homeschooling. Like he doesn't, I can't put. The, we can't make the taxpayers pay a million dollars for like for like a hazmat suit fucking classroom just for this fucking kid. That's ridiculous. Right. But we are talking about a shot in the arm takes five seconds. The government can pay the twenty dollars for you if they want, and you have to be fucking vaccinated unless you're immunocompromised. To me, that's my point of view. It, it, what if you have a religious? I don't give a fuck about your religion. <laughs> you know, no, it's true. I'm an atheist. I, I don't, to me, I believe you have the right to practice your religion, but if your religion includes animal sacrifice, you don't have the right to then bash a bunny's head in with a hammer. You'd have to kill it in an ethical, in an ethical way. You can't commit animal cruelty in the name of your religion. You can't, you can't rape children by having child marriage in the name of your religion. You can't, there's a lot of things you can't do in the name of your religion. Well, here's, okay. So, I mean, I know that like, this is, I'm probably going to bastardize this or whatever, but don't don't Mormons have like a, an objection to taking any sort of medication that like? Uh, I think you're talking about like uh, the Christian scientists. What are they called? It. Maybe it's that. Yeah, but what, what's, the, what's, the, what's, the, what's the faith? Oh my God, I can't remember the name of it. There is a faith though. I don't want to say the wrong one. I don't yeah, there's one like I don't know. I don't say, it's the Seventh Day Adventist. I don't know which one it is. Anyway, oh, what's the what's the crazy one? Jehovah's Witnesses. Um, they have, sure, but the, the 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 whole what I was the the point was that I was making is that they have like this is this is an interference like in their belief system, right? Like the core. Of, the, of who they are. Fuck them. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I'm going to be so reactionary on this. I have no... What do you, you want me to give... You want me to give more latitude to these people? They're no, crazy nut no, jobs. No, 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 no. First of all, <laughs> no, I don't. I'm just trying to... I'm, no, but I'm saying... Like, I think I'm, this is good. This is probably like the best conversation. No, but I think, no, so but I think it's nice to be, to be able to just be frank about what we have to say. I mean, we're talking about vaccines here, bro. Like... I agree. I know. Look, and I, I'm not painting... For the record, as Andrew has previously stated, he fully supports vaccine children, but he is he is interested in the um in the civil liberties issue, and I understand that. I'm interested in civil liberties too, but this let me put it this way: I barely took a shit when I heard 
that the government was reading everybody's emails because I'm like, well, yeah, I already assumed they were. Yeah, no fucking shit. Yeah, right, no shit. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, goddamn. But, uh, but like, this is like doesn't even come close to that. We're talking about vaccines. Fuck these people. Like, it's like, do people have? The, what about the civil liberties issue to not have your child get the life saving drugs when he's sick because you believe that God will heal him? Well, I say fuck you. That's child abuse. Easy. To me, I don't lose. I don't lose sleep over it. Now the question is, you can talk about the slippery slope, but we know where that slope is somewhere down the line. It's not this. This is not where we're going to plant flags. The hill, we're not, the hill to die. The, we're not going to die in this fucking hill of... But you might if you don't get vaccinated. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> People will die in this fucking hill. So, no. 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 Fuck them. Fuck them. Fuck them. Oh, You're here God. first. Earth Special Forces. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fuck them all to death. Seriously. <laughs> we're here to protect the planet from idiots like you. Oh, my God. All right. Well, I, honest to God, I think with that... Uh, that that was that's a great way to draw to a close here. My, my brother, my brother Marky always says, you know, what, what's the ethos of libertarianism? Fuck them, I got mine. Yeah. Oh, there you go. You just heard it. You just caught me. I finally came out and said what I really thought. <laughs> oh man. All right. Well, it has definitely been a ride. Uh, we we covered a, an entire fucking. I think probably we we got our our month's worth. Good. In. No, I'm yeah, good. Was good. I'm happy. Anything else that you want to you wanna wrap up, you want to harken back to, just to tie up a loose end or anything? Yeah, disregard females, acquire currency. I mean, no, no. <laughs> Buy gold. No, um, um, no. I mean, just just the usual. I mean, like, you know, think critically. Please look at multiple sources, you know, just... And, like, and, don't and be make afraid. sure you consider the context when you think about any of our remarks made here today. Yeah. Don't and, ban and, us. Well, just engage in good faith. Mm-hmm. Makes sense to me. And uh, with that in mind, we'll leave you until next time. Hopefully no crazy shit happens. And uh, if it does, uh, you can bet your ass we'll be sitting here uh, deconstructing The one last thing I wanted to say was um, we did get the third mic in. We just didn't have a third guest for tonight. The mics came in yesterday along with the mixer system. Are we allowed to call anybody out by name? Can we say, can we tell, can can we extend a a personal podcast invite? There's all kinds of people I'd like to have here. I'd like to have people more right-wing than me on here, like Lucky Politis. I'd like to have people left-wing than me, like my friend Anthony Brancati. Look, I don't care what, if you're, I think another good person I want to have is my business partner, Adrian Flynn. Uh, He's a, he's a, he's actually way smarter than us. And, oh, he's, and he's a fucking he's a self-declared proud socialist AOC defender all this shit I actually think he'd be an amazing first guest because he can hold his own and yeah. he's no fucking pushover alright nice so Adrian Flynn I'm calling you out You're boom be there here. it is alright the gauntlet has been thrown down answer if you're man enough <laughs> alright we'll see you next time thanks see you guys next time. bye